Picture this. It's dark in the mayor's mansion. I'm bushed. So here you come into the bedroom, twitching your little tail. My slippers in one hand, a dry martini in the other. Ready to listen to the new episode of superhero stuff you should know. Don't be a pinhead puppet. Go and subscribe and share around now. Gentlemen, start your screaming. Was the Penguin Max Shrek's brother? No. Thanks for joining us on Supervillain Stuff You Should Know. Dun, 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 dun. So, you know, welcome to a special <laughs> holiday edition of... Best Super episode we've ever done! <laughs> Quick and to the point. Welcome to a special holiday edition of Supervillain Stuff You Should Know. It is, once again, Ben the only man-beast in town, the man who knows too much about Batman, villains. And with me for this Yuletide celebration uh, include Balsack McGee. Ballsack McGee at your service. How's it going, everybody? And we got <laughs> Oswald Cobblepot. I think you mispronounced my name, Andrew. Cobble it's Poot. Oswald Cobblepoot. <laughs> Forgive me. Man, I'm bringing in that O there. I'm bringing in that middle school humor right now for our fans. <laughs> you flush it. Only, I flaunt it. That's so, right. Oh, I was a number the one son. For... They treated me like oh. number two. <laughs> that's a great line. <laughs> The only, uh, only the best uh, comedy for our listeners. So, yes, yeah, that's yeah. right. Hybrid. So, it took me a couple hours to write that. <laughs> mm. All right. Give you the highest brow humor here on Supervillain <laughs> stuff you should know. But yeah. yeah. It's... Dick and fart jokes. Man, we don't do fart jokes. <laughs> it's Christmas week, so that is prime Batman return season. But December 2021 is also the 80th anniversary of the creation of today's topic, The Penguin. Ah. Uh, so last year for Catwoman's 80th anniversary, we talked about the unmade Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman film. This year, I thought we would dive deeper into the character of Oswald Cobblepot. Not Cobblepoot, but Cobblepot. Uh, the <laughs> and the parody version. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, the Danny DeVito version and the unmade versions of the character that we didn't see in Batman Returns. So uh, for those who got to see the thumbnail again, I'm pulling it up right here. Uh, but yeah, this episode will dive a bit into the unmade scripts leading up to Batman Returns in regards to the Penguin specifically, and then go a little bit into the character in the movie. Yes, we covered this a little bit in the uh, sort of the unlimited what <laughs> script deep dive of Batman Returns, <laughs> but I thought this would be a lot more character focused on different interpretations of the character, stuff that is specifically on the character of the Penguin, and maybe little details that we just didn't talk about back in 2019 when we first did that episode. And also, the last time we talked about it was 2019, so I'm sure our listeners are, uh, who listened to it back then probably don't remember anything from that episode. So it's good to have a recap anyway on this. But <laughs> before we start, in terms of interpretations, where does, like, I guess, what are your overall thoughts on Danny DeVito's Penguin? I know, I think, Zach, obviously, uh, <laughs> you, <laughs> Mr. Cobblepoot. Um, top, you did the art. top tier. Top tier. Yeah, yeah he's, a, tier. he's an S to me. I love him. <laughs> okay <laughs> and then andrew honestly he's my penguin i know mm -hmm. that's like um for people that grew up with 66 it's it's sacrilege to say it's it's blasphemy against sir burgess meredith but 
Dude, I saw Batman Returns as I was like eight, man, or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck, and 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 I saw it in the theater, you know. So like, mm-hmm. and I saw it like a billion times on VHS. He's my penguin, so yeah, he's S tier yeah, yeah. for sure. And like, he was probably overly dark, but it was still done well, I guess. Like Burton's just good mm-hmm. at. Doing that kind of thing and just yeah. bile gush mouth shit and <laughs> I'm cold blooded. Yeah, you know those, that that I'm cold blooded line stuck with me forever. Mm-hmm. For some reason that that sticks in my mind the most out of all even unlimited poontang and all that. <laughs> they like I'm cold blooded. That line he's really, mm-hmm. you know, he was really great in that. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I think I think Burgess Meredith is sort of like the quintessential comic book version of the Penguin brought to life, and it's going to be tough to to top that. But I think DeVito, in a way, he's kind of the pre- I see him as the precursor to what Heath Ledger did for Joker just many years ah. earlier, where you've got mm-hmm. an actor who just completely disappears into the role into something that's a little bit more darker, more grotesque than what you're used to seeing. He's under heavy makeup as well, almost just, again, unrecognizable in it and puts in just a hell of a performance that's almost like this, in some ways, can be a controversial reimagining of the character and yet also very iconic in its own way and influences other versions of the character as we'll go into some of the specific influences later. But I I think think he's... um, Go ahead. ahead. I was going to say he's underrated. Yeah, I was going to say that he's one of the few versions of the Penguin that I think is actually intimidating and scary. Mm-hmm. Like, he is a ruthless little thug. I, uh, I Something about him, I just, I always like him. And I, I'm there with Andrew, too. Like, he's the Penguin I grew up with. And I mm-hmm. didn't even realize he was a reimagining of the character until years later because <laughs> the animated series Penguin looked the same. They did yep. that on purpose, like his design with the flippers mm-hmm. and everything, like, he had a mm-hmm. different personality, but he looked the same. So I just assumed, hey, that's the penguin from the comics. And then I find out years later that, you know, he's not deformed or anything. So it's, uh, I don't know. I really like that take on him. I know he's probably, it's probably not everybody's favorite, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I love him. There are people who despise, actually, this take on Penguin. They're just like, he's too much of a grotesque monster and stuff like that. And I don't think I ever really had that phase of like disliking it. I might have mm-hmm. had a phase where I was just like, uh, it's not quite the penguin from the comics type of thing, but I think looking back on it, if I were to, if we're looking at the character from a macro standpoint, there's just a yeah. lot of the penguin in there. All they did was sort of just exaggerate certain aspects, like the obviously the deformity aspect. Like penguin isn't as outright deformed as he is in Batman Returns, but they just kind of just took it one step further. He was always somebody who looked odd. He was always somebody who looked different. You know, the the beak nose and that type of stuff, and he's you know short and fat and all that stuff, and and they when they gave him more depth, it was about how he was bullied. Uh, he there was always an outcast element to Penguin, so all they really did was just put more emphasis in that, and they created something that I thought was really special that I don't think gets enough credit. So I think he's kind of like this. I think he's kind of a mixture between the Penguin from the comics and Killer Croc. I mean, There's a bit of that he's too. got yeah. he's got pointy mm. teeth, he's deformed, and he's Runs around in the sewers. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think I was as familiar with Killer Croc as a kid either. Mm-hmm. So I just, I don't know. It is funny to think about that. Because I always think about Jim Carrey basically being a mixture between Riddler and Mad Hatter. Yeah. Uh, with his tech and everything too. So uh, it is interesting true. to think about yeah. how they mix things together. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just love him being a little sewer mutant. I don't, I don't know where that came from as far as, you know, 
well, I'm sure we'll get into it, like where that came from exactly, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's such a weird take on on that character's origin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll lead up to it. We'll go into the different unmade versions of Penguin uh, on stuff. So obviously the first Penguin was Burgess Meredith, the, the OG when it comes to the Penguin himself. It's the first adaptation ever was really in the 1960s show. And then the character showed up in different cartoons over the years. But the first attempt from WB to bring Penguin to life was not in Batman Returns, but was in the Batman script from 1982. Yes, once again, our most popular episode from YouTube uh, and stuff. So uh, writer Tom Mankiewicz wrote this, and it's an unmade Batman script simply titled The Batman, which is kind of funny now, considering what's about Mm -hmm. to come out in March. But uh, the Penguin was in the first draft of the script. He was actually mandated by Warner Brothers to be in the first movie. And the reason why is that at the time, and I think this is mainly because of the 60s show in Burgess Meredith, Penguin was considered, he was like the number two Batman villain mm-hmm. in pop culture at oh, the time. Oh, more it's, than the Riddler. Yeah, way more than the Riddler, I would say. Uh, the Riddler was still like, Riddler might have felt even more A-list because of Frank Gorshin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say... Uh in people's minds, it was like Batman and Robin versus Joker and Penguin type of thing. And so they're just like, we have to have Batman, Robin, Joker, and Penguin in this movie, even though it's just the first movie in the franchise, uh, because they didn't even know if they were going to have a franchise. They're just like, we mm-hmm. got to go off of the most popular characters. And so right. uh, if you look at the 1966 movie, one of the most interesting things to me about that is that uh, even though we consider Joker to be the top Batman villain, Joker is not the leader. Oh, in no. the 66 movie it's the penguin the penguin is the top oh, villain yeah. in the 60s yeah. uh film and it's easy to forget that but it's kind of one of the interesting touches that i remember from that uh that i don't think i really realized until i was older where i was like wait a minute <laughs> like joker's mm-hmm. kind of just following penguin in this. yeah they they might have at that time correct me if i'm wrong ben but like the penguin seems like he'd actually make a really organized plan Mm-hmm. And at the, this time in the evolution of Joker, maybe they thought he was just way too chaotic for any of that kind of I stuff. I think that's I think mm-hmm. that's hundred percent accurate. Like Joker was more yeah. of at the time of the sixties or so was more of just like the the prankster type and mm-hmm. you know, pies yeah. in people's faces and that type of stuff. And Penguin yeah. was always like the criminal mastermind in yeah. a way. Um, right, right, right. The first the first issue of Penguin's appearance back in nineteen forty one, like literally eighty years ago, was almost impressive in terms of just how much he was playing different sides and stuff Mm -hmm. he would uh join a mob uh help out the mob boss and then bump off the mob boss so he could take over the mob like that type of stuff Mm -hmm. uh that was there from like the very beginning even before he started using birds in uh as like part of his mo so uh his his intelligence was something that i think may put him in that position for the 60s uh movie so uh i could see that now Let's go into this unmade version of Penguin, though, from, uh, you know, the 82 through 84 uh, script when they were considering to bring this into this. So I may have said in this episode that it was revealed that, um, you know, the past episode covering the script that the Penguin was hiding out in the Gotham Zoo like in Batman Returns. But when I look back at the script, it actually just cuts from a penguin in the zoo to penguin's hideout it doesn't actually state that he lives in the Hmm. zoo it's just done for match cut purposes so i was wrong about that but uh if i did say that uh but this version of penguin is introduced sleeping this is interesting in a four poster bed with like a big umbrella draping over the bed (laughs) a four poster bed so that's like a like a poster for each of the backstreet boys or something Four, I what think four, a four like a four post mean? bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. there's post on all four corners. Oh, 
Yeah. Oh, okay. I was I I had a much different uh, <laughs> thing in mind. <laughs> Penguin wants it that way. So <laughs> that's from the nineties. <laughs> ten, ten years or more later, after this, uh, anybody yeah. in the anybody in their twenties does not know what we're talking about. Probably. <laughs> Penguin also eats frozen food in this. It says that he eats a frozen codfish ball. So. That's interesting. Oh, uh, I want to talk about that, too. When I was, like, eight or nine, I didn't really know what sushi was, okay? Mm-hmm. So, like, whenever he eats fucking raw fish, it was like, uh, oh, shit. It was just so visceral. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. even though, like, yeah. in hindsight, you're just like, it's actually not that different. <laughs> yeah. It looked yeah, good as a kid. To... <laughs> I don't know, something about it. It was, like, you shiny on the outside and, like, orange <laughs> on the inside. It seemed like it must have tasted good. I never had fish as a kid. You seemed so. to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, penguins digging it. I like. I always like the crisp, like white paper that it was wrapped in, and that little like black oh, yeah. wax and stuff. And he like pops it open. It just seems so something so. Um, I don't know. Satisfying about that sound when it opened. All right. Wait, exactly. wait, wait, Zach. We have to talk about this real quick. <laughs> you never had fish growing up. No, I was really uh, picky for a long time, and I was not interested in seafood at all. And even before I was vegan, I only ate like a. I, I would eat sushi, but I think I only had like fish like salmon and stuff just a couple times i just never really into seafood okay seafood has has definitely has a different taste than most things but growing up in alabama we were near a lake and it was always like catfish fried catfish (laughs) but it was still fish so that was part of my cuisine anyway continue ben i think Mm -hmm. uh when we meet you at a con zach i'll have a raw fish and come i'll take out the i don't think yeah. it'll be as appealing then <laughs> i don't think i'll start <laughs> sniffing you're not gonna change his vegan ways from that, with that <laughs> but what about unlimited poontang no, yeah. uh, <laughs> maybe that'll change him on that topic um penguin does have a girlfriend in this Hey. Penguin's motivation is, p- is pussy the whole time in, in Batman, in Batman Returns. Returns. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Penguin has a girlfriend in the Tom Ankiewicz script named okay. Empress. So unlike the DeVito version, we know this Penguin is getting laid. Um, Penguin okay. also has a henchman butler named Marabou, who is described as seven feet tall with a vulture-like face. So I guess hmm. to play off the whole like bird thing, you know. Marabou should fight Wintergreen and Alfred. <laughs> Alfred yeah. yeah. War of the Butlers. Battle of the Butlers. <laughs> there you go. Battle of the Butlers. Good alliteration. Yeah. Need yes. the alliteration for sure. So uh, this image here that I'm pulling up in the the visual version on on YouTube is an image of Penguin in a refrigerated hideout. Uh, some and this is from our friends at BatmanOnline.com. Uh, specifically, the poster Silver Nemesis, who put a lot of the comparisons together with Batman Returns and the top and the comics. So. Uh, Basically, I wanted to show something, a visual representation of what we're talking about, where in this script and in Batman Returns, uh, he keeps himself in cold temperatures, in cold hideouts. His body, in fact, in the script, uh, his normal temperature when he has the thermometer in his mouth is at 65 degrees. He's so cold-blooded, he man. He is cold-blooded, yes. But penguins also, so aren't really describe- like that, are they? They're, uh, they're in the fucking Arctic and shit, right? He is. <laughs> We have to Google average body temperature for <laughs> yeah. Arctic penguin. It's like he could just hang out with Mister Freeze, and they could team up, you know. Yeah. So Never. for the listener, go ahead. I want to describe. It looks like Danny DeVito's penguin is given the Sermon on the Mount <laughs> to 
two, two fucking those penguins in the movie. It's like, well, he's it's like a face, parable. But, yes. <laughs> but on the one on the left, he is just like he's so small in the corner. There's this like icy room, and he's got two little small penguins next to him. And he's just got his umbrella and standing proudly, looking out at his domain. The master. <laughs> And then so, Penguin Jesus came. Yes. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> this, well, this does have the idea of Penguin has to be in cold temperatures, which is also similar to the DeVito Penguin, whose death seems to be due to getting overheated at the end because he complains about getting overheated and cranking up the AC and that type of stuff. Yeah. And this isn't something that screenwriters made up. This is actually an element in the comics. Uh, I found that Penguin is known to withstand cold temperatures in the comics. In fact, this comic image that I'm pulling up here from Detective Comics for, uh, 541 has Batman and Penguin falling into uh, icy waters, and Penguin just gets out and starts running away. And, Peng- and Batman observes and thinks he's he's immune to the cold. So, like, that's that's definitely something that's been a part of the character, even though it's I not... I never knew that. It, yeah, it's more of, like, a, a smaller trivia type thing rather than something that's as popular as, like, him using an umbrella or wearing a top hat, that type of stuff. Because so. I always... I think I talked with you guys about it, too, before. Like, I was always a little confused as to the method of Penguin's death in A Bad yeah. Returns. Like, why did he die? Mm-hmm. He just fell in the water... Got a couple of cuts of glass, and then he just keels over after getting out of the water. Yeah. I, I never quite understood like what was going on there. I interpreted that he got overheated because of the fact that uh, you know the explosion that's caused by everything going on, plus Selena killing Max Shrek causes like it destroys the generators and the AC type stuff. So now he's and he's surrounded by fire at that point. So he just gets overheated to death, which is pretty fucking dark but like that's kind of how i saw it because he, fa- he falls into water it's sewer water yeah like he falls into water so it's not like he died from the fall yeah he, he jumped in that water before anyways at least into the river and everything yeah. i just uh yeah it is it always bothered me like i wasn't really sure what killed him um compared to you know jet nicholson's joker like <laughs> that's pretty i definitely know why he died he's <laughs> smacked yeah. pepperoni pizza on the pavement but uh yes. penguin yeah i just <laughs> never got that do you think penguin during the summer in Batman Returns, it's just like hiding out. He don't. He doesn't come up top for anything. It's the summer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He just gotta like chill out in his little Arctic domain. Hibernation, he can only man. come out in the winter. Yeah. Batman's like, this is the perfect time to strike the penguin. He can't. He can't leave the zoo hideout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, the, that's probably why it's set during Christmas time. <laughs> gonna make him mildly uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> so um, oh, the Tom. The Tom Aikman's version of the Penguin is very cruel. It's apparent at one point when he entices a pigeon to fly into his room and lay on his lap. And then Marabou, the butler, asks him, Can I take your lunch order, sir? And Penguin I says, I shall yes. become a penguin. A penguin flies <laughs> <in> the window. <laughs> uh, and Penguin says that he'll put in his lunch order and he kills the pigeon by snapping its neck in his lap. Jeez. Well, that's not yes. nice. Thought he was supposed to love birds. That's another thing. I'm just like, I feel like this is out of character because Penguin is supposed to love birds. They're his main friends in many continuities. And yeah, he uses them for <laughs> crime, but he friends. never like puts, he like, he doesn't use them. I don't know. Like from, it's one of those where I'm just like, eh, that doesn't ring the way that I see Penguin. But like, maybe there's some things that I forgot in the comics where he does, you know, sacrifice them for the sake of his crimes. But I feel like mm-hmm. most of the time he, he loves them. Remember in the yeah. movie, he's like, my babies. You know, exactly. He, he loves them. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So it feels out of character in that mm-hmm. uh, for the typical version of Penguin. But I guess this is Mankiewicz specific. Uh, but Penguin does have lunch with the Joker. Uh, the Joker is in mm-hmm. Penguin's hideout, and he is shivering <laughs> in the scene because of how fucking cold it is. Uh, and, it, and Penguin even tries to feed him frozen clownfish <laughs> in the script, so it's kind of it's a little bit more fish. comedic. Yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> but so the Penguin idea is, and Mr. Freeze kind of get along on temperature I would think wise, so. You know, probably. if Batman destroys Maybe one guy's even hideout, colder, but... Yeah, if Batman destroys Mr. Freeze's hideout, Mr. Freeze can just go to Penguin. And if Batman destroys Penguin's hideout, then Penguin just, can just go to Mr. Freeze. That's what yeah, I think seems Freeze like. has right, got to right, right. be like below zero to survive. But uh, I guess he could give Penguin like a slightly less refrigerated part of the room. Or Penguin's like, even I think it's cold. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah probably <laughs> yeah. something like that. <clears throat> yeah, but, that, that'd be cool. Uh, in the scene in the Mankiewicz script, Joker hires Penguin to take down Batman. And this leads into a car chase with the Batmobile with the cigarette lighter. Yes, the one we talked about in the eight Batmobiles. Oh, yeah. That was uh, Zach's favorite. It yes. was. So it says that uh, there he's chasing after Batman and Silver St. Cloud in the Batmobile with the cigarette lighter. Uh, that is not used in the script. But um, it says Penguin is flying above the Batmobile in his umbrella copter which is kind of cool. Yeah. And Penguin's henchmen are in jetpacks and stuff, so they're, like, literally flying over and stuff as Batman's in the Batmobile. It's pretty cool, especially for, like, 1982, you know, what you would expect in this. Uh, It's also noted that the Penguin would have had a Burgess Meredith-like affect of, like, clucking instead of laughing. So it's kind of like the comics. Uh... (laughs) And at the end of the chase, the Batmobile, like the Tumblr, jumps across rooftops towards the chase. They want to do this forever, dude. Indeed, Mm -hmm. yes. God, they want it. But in this version, uh, instead of the cops being like, he's flying on rooftops. In this version, the Batmobile jumps across rooftops towards Penguin in the Umbrella Copter. And Batman... That this would be a cool, little cheesy, actually. Batman honks his horn at Penguin as he's heading towards him. <laughs> and Penguin... I love it. I'll keep it in. And, and, as no the notes. Batmo- and as the Batmobile goes above Penguin, the afterburner of the Batmobile burns the umbrella in Penguin's umbrella copter. And Penguin screams a quote-unquote bird-like screech as he goes down. <laughs> yeah. And then he dies. He, he does not die. We, we okay. Do, we then... So what happens to the penguin, you know, because he's falling from a great height? We cut to a bar mitzvah where Penguin's a father. Jewish? Uh, he is in the Harley Quinn show, remember? That's true, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Forgot about uh, that. At this random bar mitzvah, it's a random Gothamite family. The father goes up to the son to make a speech <laughs> and says, you know, your mother and I prepared a big surprise for you. And then suddenly Penguin just crashes through the skylight and into the, into the chair where the... they're all like throwing them up and stuff. That would be great. <laughs> and then he, Penguin lands. He survives then. And everyone's stunned. But then because they think it's part of the part of the gift to, you know, the son, they all break out into applause. And that's the end of Penguin's role in uh, the script. So man, man. maybe it, maybe another pass on that one. Yeah, but uh, I like the honk to, and the burning. He needs though. to land yeah. in the chair that they're all like hoisting him up on. Hey, yeah, That would be a yeah, great yeah. way for it to end. He's just yeah. like, no, put me down. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they were leaving room, or Mankiewicz was leaving room for Penguin to return and want revenge on Batman for the mm. Batman Two. Uh, but that was at least for the first draft. The second draft, Penguin was actually cut. 
and Joker did the dirty work himself, which means he was the one, I think, who falls into the bar, the bar mitzvah in the, uh, in the second draft. But uh, in terms of casting, we know that uh, Joe Dante was attached to direct at one point and wanted John Lithgow to be Joker, uh, but there wasn't really any official casting on Penguin. Mankiewicz had his own dream casting, and his dream casting for Penguin was not Danny DeVito, but British actor Peter O'Toole, which feels okay. like an odd choice uh, on this, but uh, very different from Danny DeVito. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, it would have been really cool to see O'Toole as Penguin in an umbrella copter hovering over the Batmobile. I just don't know if he would have taken the role. <laughs> you know, so. you want me to do what? So yeah, it's, that's a. It's it's. I don't know. At that man. time, yeah, at that time, I don't know if that would have really happened. Um, but it's nice fantasy casting, but. I do he's think a British he's... guy wearing a tux and he's got a fucking cigar. Sure. <laughs> Why not? This might have been the first time where Penguin would have been British. And it's hmm. an idea oh, that, yeah. you know, shows up in the Arkham games and the Telltale games. But I don't think it was really established that he was a Brit. And this might have been the first time uh, that, you know, it's a British actor. And, and I can see why there's that interpretation of Penguin being a British gentleman because he's very much the gentleman criminal, not the DeVito version, obviously, but the comic book version, you know, and it's all dressed up and proper, quotes Shakespeare and that type of stuff. So, like, you could see... Yeah, it that feels like, who's easily. who's proper? Who's a prop? Who, who's the most proper? Yeah, just make him British. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. If I was okay. going to cast anybody other than Danny DeVito, it would be Bob Hoskins. Yeah. To me, like, yeah. he's oh, kind of short, good. he's round. I can see, like... His face with that kind of same prosthetic makeup on, he's a mm -hmm. he could be a good little penguin. Yeah, yeah, I think Hoskins probably would have been my pick for this script. I think I might have said so uh, mm -hmm. in the episode or so, but like, yeah, dude, Hoskins he was a little was too busy being Mario, all right, at this time. So. <laughs> Nine eighty two. <laughs> oh, eighty two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This was before his fall from grace. <laughs> he was planning. He was planning on Mar Mario <laughs> already preparing for the role. I, I don't think anybody planned on that, Andrew. <laughs> it just somebody. Happened. This is a quick, quick tangent, but I fucking somebody came into my work with a Super Mario crew jacket. I was Ooh. like, damn, that is some fucking OG effect shit. That's, right that's here. pretty awesome, actually. Mm -hmm. I was like, that movie sucks, but I would be wearing that crew jacket too. Hell yeah. Just, just like you are, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think Hoskins would have been, Hoskins would have been great uh, in the role, uh, but it didn't happen. So uh, moving on from the Mankiewicz script, the Mankiewicz script was abandoned and Tim Burton took over. He and his girlfriend at the time, uh, Julie Hickson, wrote a script treatment in which the Joker was the main villain, but the Penguin is said to be involved in the death of the Graysons. Uh, joined by Joker, Riddler, and Catwoman. So, like, it's basically the 66 movie all over Damn. again, but for just one lineup. scene. Yeah. For it's one awesome. scene. Always bothered me that both Penguin and Joker are wearing masks. <laughs> masks. It's like, who are those two, though? Exactly. I, like, I kind of like jo Joker's... Uh, it kind of makes sense, because he's just like, we'll do whatever. He doesn't, he's just... Everything's a, a gas to him, yeah. you know? So... I, I, I think it just adds it to the fits. charm of the 66 oh, show. Yeah, you know? he just did it just for fun, but it's like, how is he? Who is that white-skinned white, white man with green hair? If only he didn't have that mask on. <laughs> he, he's he's not doing it to hide his face. He's, he's just having fun. Notice how Penguin, yeah, has, pretty the much. Monocle, Penguin has the monocle over his Over mask. it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. He's what a good little... 
<laughs> visual gags, man. It's so oh, yeah. good, man. It's so good. But uh, yeah, in, in the Burton Hickson treatment, Penguin is involved in the death of the Graysons. Catwoman is the one who ultimately puts the acid on the ropes, which kills the Graysons, which I have mixed feelings about, but uh, or negative feelings about, not really mixed, very negative feelings about Catwoman being the one to do it. But um, yeah. Penguin is disguised as a ringmaster. Uh, in it, they, each of the villains are disguised as different members of the circus. So Penguin is the ringmaster, and that's his kind of little cameo in mm-hmm. it. But I kind of see it as an early attempt to connect Penguin to the circus before he yeah. gets the Red Triangle Circus Gang and Batman Returns. And what's also kind of weird is that uh, Penguin is a ringmaster, and Danny DeVito has played a ringmaster not once, twice, twice in Tim mm-hmm. Burton movies, <laughs> in Big oh, Fish. Shit. And in Dumbo, he played Ringmaster, so it's kind of weird—a weird connection there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that was those are kind of the attempts to bring Penguin in before Batman '89, and then when they finally hunkered down to make the movie, they're just like, "Yeah, we actually don't need Robin and Penguin in this movie. We just need Batman and Joker, and that's it." So uh, they made a wise choice, I'd say, on that. But mm-hmm. after Batman '89, they brought back writer Sam Hamm to do the sequel, and of course the studio wanted the Penguin, because again, he was seen to be the number two Batman villain. So Sam Hamm took a crack at it, as we covered in our Unlimited What? Batman Returns script deep dive episode, (laughs) Uh, and we'll go a little bit into the Sam Hamm version of the Penguin. Uh, This Penguin was more in line with the traditional one that we saw. Uh, He also went by the name of Mr. Boniface, which mm-hmm. is not something that Sam Hamm made up. It is actually the original name for Penguin in his first appearance in Detective oh, Comics shit. number 58. He goes by the alias of Mr. Boniface when he frames Batman, which is another thing that happens in you know Batman Returns, framing Batman, mm-hmm. that is. So uh, the name of Oswald Cobblepot did not even come into existence until a couple of years later in, not in the comics, but the Sunday newspaper strips. Uh, mm. came up with the name of Oswald Chesterfield Cobblepot, and that's the name that stuck more than Mr. Boniface, which I can see why it's a lot more, it has a lot more character to it than mm-hmm. Boniface. So uh, that's why. In this version of Penguin, he has henchmen that include twins named Frick and Frack. It's <laughs> kind of funny. Um, I, they're not described as bird-like, though, so I miss Marabou uh, on this. And uh, he <laughs> oh, has a, uh, a hit woman type version of Catwoman working for him as well, as we covered in that script. Uh, But Penguin is introduced in prison uh, as an inmate who keeps birds and claims to be reformed. And when he uh, he basically gets out of prison by revealing the location of the money he's stolen and comes across as like, oh, I reformed and things like that. But once he leaves, uh, he talks to Frick and Frack who reveal that uh, they only... Uh, he only revealed the location of a portion of the money, and he mm-hmm. still holds $79 million <laughs> behind that. So uh, it just shows that Penguin is not reformed at all. He is a villain, and uh, this version of the Penguin is very active in using a sonic device to cause birds to swarm around his potential victims and have the birds peck the victims to death. Uh, so I find it tough Back to believe up. we have not seen this happen <laughs> yet in live action film. Like this is because of the birds by Hitchcock. You would think like, this is a no brainer. I could totally see why Sam yeah. did this in the script, but never really happened uh, on screen before. And he uses this throughout the script uh, in terms of attacking people in large droves with bat- with birds uh, and uses them to attack police cars later in the movie. Uh, this version of penguin also hates the name of penguin and he won't respond to it. In fact, he has a line saying, quote, they do call me that, 
but rarely more than once. So Ooh, that's cool. Interesting. I, I like that line. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, similar to the Mankiewicz version, he's also said to have a heavy chortle midway between a normal laugh and a duck's quack. Yes. And they continue this idea of Penguin reveling in the cold. I was very surprised when I was relooking at these scripts that this is a recurring theme that I just never occurred to me was something that they just really wanted to bring on film was like Penguin loves the cold. So like when he walks out of prison uh, in the snow, he takes he takes his jacket off. He doesn't put on a jacket. He takes his coat off as he walks outside uh. into like 50 degree, you know, less than 50 degree uh, below zero weather type of thing. So um, he lives in a penthouse room that's kept cold and refrigerated. They He swims in a pool where they throw ice into it to keep it colder. So again, like this, this is a common thing that they've hmm. always wanted from the very beginning that I just didn't realize until I revisited this. Um, There's got to be some sort of evolution in the character, right? Where it's yeah. just a gangster name at first, but then it's like, well, let's make him kind of a mutant also, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, not is... not like an X-Men mutant, but like, let's really make this not just a gangster name. This yeah. Somewhere along the line yeah. has happened in the evolution of his character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think this is the beginning of it where they're just like, let's play around a little. Let's just not put Danny DeVito or whoever the actor is for this movie in a tuxedo and just call it a day. Like, let's actually play right. around with it. So mm-hmm. he's said to be have a, quote-unquote, formidable bulk in terms of how fat he is in the script. So I imagine <laughs> they would have, like, put whoever they were going to cast. I'm going to presume pro- DeVito was the most popular. Um, DeVito in, like, a even like a big, like, fat suit type of thing. Um, maybe even more so than in Returns. I don't know. But um, they he has to, when he swims into the pool uh, and he has to get out of the pool, uh, his minions... Uh, give him like this bar for him to to hang on to and then they like <laughs> they pull a lever to like hoist <laughs> him up because of just how fat he is <laughs> so it's like that guy in dune that big guy oh yeah it's like that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah kind, kind yeah. of like that yeah so yeah uh penguin in the script also has the standard umbrella weapons a gun that shoots is he wearing out. a speedo in that pool I got it. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's a reason there's a reason why that script was not made, I guess. If that was what was in there. His his gut covers the speedo so he looks naked. <laughs> naked penguin. Anyway, moving on. You don't get a nude scene with Catwoman, but you do get one with Penguin. Oh yeah. There we go, baby. <laughs> that's uh, all we need. He has an umbrella that's also bulletproof, so when somebody tries to shoot him, the umbrella itself uh, you know, causes the bullet to ricochet and of course, the the umbrella itself is a gun, so that's cool uh, on this. So he has a lot of the different quirks that you would expect the Penguin to have. Uh, in the mm-hmm. plot for the script, Penguin and Catwoman scheme to steal raven statues from the five families of Gotham. Uh, the image I've pulled up for our YouTube viewers is from the series The Batman, where Penguin and Catwoman also teamed up to get bird statues. So I thought this would be a suitable visual for this. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, the reason why they want these bird statues is because they point to the location of a great treasure that the ancestors of these rich families stole, which basically means that the Wayne money comes from a crime, which I always really thought was interesting that Ham came up with at that time. Oh, um, yeah, that is cool. Yeah. So, yeah, the map shows the location of the treasure is under Wayne Manor. In fact, Penguin looks at the location on the map and says, huh, looks like some kind of cave. So this leads into the third act that I know Andrew and I loved when we went over in the in the script. 
in terms of a Cracker Jack third act because Penguin and Catwoman storm <laughs> Wayne Manor in the finale of the script. Um, right. They hold yeah. Alfred and Vicky hostage for them to get to the Batcave, but uh, help comes in the form of Dick Grayson because Dick Grayson is also a character in the script, and uh, he helps Bruce get into the cave and become Batman where he shows up and fights Catwoman and Penguin in the armory room from Batman mm-hmm. 89. So that's pretty cool. Penguin gets away, though, and gets into the Batcave after following Vicky inside and discovers that Bruce is Batman. And so I thought, you know, this sounds like a great scene. It would have been great to see DeVito's Penguin storm Wayne Manor and mm-hmm. the Batcave. Listeners will have to imagine it, but our viewers, I decided, hey, let's give our viewers something that's the closest you might ever see to making that happen. And that's this art by Logan Wood, a fan of our podcast. <laughs> this is oh, Danny shit. DeVito's penguin holding Kim Basinger's Vicky Vale hostage awesome. in the Batcave, yeah. Oh, <laughs> With Keaton's cool. Batman looking on. So uh, check out Logan's stuff over on Instagram, Shane Helms one to one but that is the uh, the art I wanted to pull up as a visual representation of the Sam Ham script. There's not a lot of fan art at all for the script out there. So I thought it would be nice to sort of have one made for this mm-hmm. episode, for this part here. So... Uh, while Vicky is holding, it's basically uh, Penguin's holding Vicky hostage. Penguin's in a standoff with Batman before Batman gets Vicky away and uses his own sonic device to cause bats to swarm around Penguin, making him fall into you know the chasm below. So this idea of bats swarming around Penguin towards the end of the movie was always there, even in the same mm-hmm. draft. But wasn't that Batman originally summoned a bunch of bats to to fight his Penguin army? Yeah, There's unfortunately, there's no bite, bats versus birds. Fight all those fucking little penguins on the ground. Yes. You guys can't fly, oh, you pieces of shit. <laughs> bats can fly. But then they got rockets, That's and the true. fucking rockets are going in the sky. And <laughs> they're killing the bats. I got this whole scene in my head now. This is a, a, bunch a of bats nightmare. Fall <laughs> down. This It'll is be all right, CG man. Don't worry people. about it. Yeah. So, yeah, CG I was going to say, Ben. Wasn't yeah. the whole bat swarm thing in the original script for Batman 89? It was. Wasn't yeah, it supposed to make over. Joker fall over? Yeah, the, does, the edge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was part of the 89 script as well uh, before that was rewritten. But I think what's. I like it better in this draft because of the fact that Penguin throughout the movie is using his own mm-hmm. sonic device to kill people with birds. And then he gets his comeuppance with Batman doing the same exact thing on him with bats. And I thought that's that's awesome. Um, oh, yeah, that's cool. And you don't really get that same type of payoff in Batman mm-hmm. Returns. The closest you got is that Penguin uses bats to frame Batman when the bats mm-hmm. come out of the Christmas tree when he kills the Ice Princess. But And then Batman mm-hmm. uses the bats against him, but it's not. it doesn't have the same sort of like you're just desserts type of feeling yeah. to it, you know? So uh, that's the thing. Though, of course, it also unfortunately kills off the Penguin <laughs> in both versions. But, you know, uh, this is this never was made either, so... Uh, I do think this Penguin, while he has more screen time than Mankiewicz, he's just not nearly as fleshed out as the one that we got in Batman Returns. Uh, I think Andrew and I talked about in that episode how, like, Ham had a better story and plot than Batman Returns, but Batman Returns had much better characters, uh, Mm -hmm. much deeper versions of Penguin and Catwoman to deal with. And so if there was ever some sort of amalgam of, of both in there where you got that Penguin and Catwoman doing the stuff in the ham script then you could probably do something with that but um the closest we got to any type of depth with this penguin is that this penguin wants the treasure because he sort of yearns to be part of the wealthy elite of sort of being respected in that way so he brings up you know he's around wayne manor and he says that he's always saw himself 
living in a place like that. And Alfred kind of tells him that he would never be in a place like that because he's just a, quote, dirty little man. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, who so, smells like fish. <laughs> yes. And Penguin... Alfred says that about Penguin? Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, Alfred's a racist old Brit. <laughs> <laughs> would have shown a new side to Michael Goff's Alfred. Yeah. So. <laughs> dirty little man. <laughs> so, oh, so Penguin, man. in a rage, slaps him away. But that, yeah, that's the closest we got. Uh, to any sort of depth to Penguin in terms of like why is he doing this? In terms He's of already got seventy nine million dollars. How much more money does he need? He wants more. Yeah. So greed. It, it creates the power, idea. Man. Yeah. He, he wants to be respected and admired to be part of the elite, but can never really be part of that. And I feel like that feeds into his motivation in a lot of different interpretations. Is that Penguin? You know, to quote Rodney Dangerfield, he wants respect. <laughs> he can't get no respect. <laughs> so uh, that's they played that's around. What Penguin should have said. <laughs> yeah, yanking on no his like tie. <laughs> get the respect. Get the poong thing. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's one of those where I'm just like I can see why maybe comic fans might prefer the Sam Ham version of Penguin because it's a little bit more traditional, but I don't think it's it has nearly the same depth as the one that Daniel Waters wrote in Batman Returns. So, the next... Waters write all the Poontang lines? I think... <laughs> was if he didn't, ad-lib? it was Wesley Strick. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Burton was up. like, I liked that on the set. <laughs> the, We're going to keep that, all right? It was like an energy. The same ham script to me is like such a weird departure from the 89 movie, though. Something about the, like, treasure hunting and, like... Mm. I don't know, it just seems... I kind of understand like why Waters went the direction that he did. And like, I don't know. Penguin seems a little bit more like cruel and sadistic in, you know, returns Mm -hmm. compared to like, you know, Jack Nicholson's Joker, who, what is his main motivation? Now he has like, uh, you know, power over Grissom's gang and all the other gangs. And he just wants to like wreak havoc and make people, you know, terrified and miserable with his, uh, his chemical concoctions and stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. he just wants to kill everybody. It's like, there's yeah. no real monetary motivation there. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know something about it. It seems like it still fits. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Uh, I think with this version, it was like, they had like the building blocks of just like, okay, Penguin is definitely going to be in it. Catwoman's going to be in it. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to frame Batman set during Christmas time. This is all awesome, but we want to do something different plot wise uh Mm -hmm. and so you bring in daniel waters who has a lot more of the um almost the satirical elements um and like social political commentary in the type of stuff which i think he goes way overboard in the original script there's a lot less of it in the final (laughs) film he just he just gets uh, almost too self-congratulatory with that as i've talked about here but uh he completely reimagines penguin though with tim burton's approval and we'll dive into uh, devito's penguin after the break Lord have mercy, y'all. Do you like hounds? Do you enjoy pooches? Do you find yourself enjoying time spent with that of canines? Talking about dogs, y'all. As you might have heard, Superhero Stuff You Should Know has now teamed up with BarkBox. For every month, you get a box for your special canine. Pooches. Or hounds. That's right. One free extra month if you go to BarkBox.com slash Superhero Stuff Pod. Follow the link and you'll get a free extra month valued at $35 and valid for all multi-length plans. So get the BarkBox for your hound, for your pooch, for your canine. Your doggo will thank you. (laughs) 
And we're about to dive into the original version of the Batman Returns Penguin, played by Danny DeVito. But before we go into DeVito's casting, we should go into who could have done the Penguin back in Batman Returns outside of DeVito. So Bob Hoskins, uh, we already covered this. Bob Hoskins, yeah. exactly. Uh, but <laughs> Mario we do have... himself. <laughs> it's a me, a Penguin. Wait. Uh, so I'll allow it. <laughs> according to no Wikipedia. Notes. Okay, so this is what Wikipedia says. I'm quoting Wikipedia. I'm not saying this is true. It says Wikipedia says, quote, Dustin Hoffman was originally the first choice to play the Penguin, but he declined. Apart from Hoffman, Marlon Brando, John Candy, Bob Coskins, Rowan Atkinson, Ralph Waite, Dean Martin, what the fuck, Dudley Moore, Alan Rickman, Alan Rickman, John Goodman, Phil Collins in the air tonight, uh, Charles Grodin, Christopher Lee, Joe Pesci, which I think is probably yeah, one of the only ones go. that makes sense here. Yeah, uh, Ray yeah. Liotta, what the fuck? Gabriel Byrne, Alex Rocco, and Christopher Lloyd were all considered for the part before DeVito got it. Okay, out of this list, I well, first off, I think this list is bullshit. There's, I just don't see them being like, uh, before we go to DeVito, let's go to Dean Martin. For let's, go to Mr. Bean. I, let's go to Mr. Before he was I Mr. Have, Bean. I, think. I have heard <laughs> Dustin Hoffman before, along with Cher as Catwoman. Yeah. I swear that was wow. in like an article like about it was just called Batman 2 back then. Yeah. I, I remember that. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we don't know if that's like this was the studio actually reaching out to them and they declined or was it just like the rumors say Rumor that it's this and then Hoffman just like was never asked about it type hmm. of thing. Cuz it's tough for me to picture Dustin Hoffman as the Batman Returns penguin. Yeah. Maybe as like traditional Burgess Meredith version. But I think maybe Hoskins would have pulled off a Batman Returns Penguin and Pesci. Joe Pesci. Everyone else, I'm just like, eh, I'm not really seeing it. <laughs> just like imagine him in Home Alone, but as the Penguin. <laughs> <laughs> what am I, a bird? I amuse you. Uh, um, so I think umbrellas up. Bing. He can just pack it along the Catwoman. <laughs> I kind of like maybe the idea of Christopher Lloyd, but as like a Burgess Meredith type penguin, not as the Batman. He'd have to have a lot of makeup on. I guess he had a pretty big bodysuit as Uncle Fester. You know, oh, yeah, like yeah. he's such a like I, I think of him in my head as being very like tall and thin. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I guess he'd have him. to like have a bodysuit on. Yeah. Yeah. My name means to rot. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite line for the yeah. yeah i i have not found any evidence about penguin like anyone going to anyone else uh for this role other than danny devito and i really have trouble picturing anyone else outside of devito playing returns except for maybe hoskins and pesci and that's you know you kind of have to stretch the imagination a lot more it just mm-hmm. feels like this is such a perfect fit yeah you can't really think of anyone else it's true but pesci's definitely got the gangster thing going on too so like that. He's he does definitely a, more a number two version, yeah. number two pick for sure. Yeah. I, I can't imagine yeah. him as like a sewer mutant, but I can imagine him as like a little bit more of a, like you said, kind of with Dustin Hoffman, like a little bit more of a traditional penguin, but maybe a little more like thuggish and a uh, smooth shooting brain everybody. sewer mutant. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Danny DeVito's penguin is not a smooth brain. He developed all those umbrellas. He got That's that true. duck mobile working. <laughs> he probably made all those rocket packs too. He's a he's a little That's inventor. Mm-hmm. He's a little That's baby true. genius. Those, yeah. Got yes. the wrinkles. Uh, here's one tidbit that I found out is that DeVito said that for years, quote, I didn't see playing Penguin being in the cards for me in terms of like, I don't think he was actually interested in the role if it was hmm. the, the traditional Penguin. He said he grew up reading the comics 
So it seems like he he knew who Penguin was in the comics. Wasn't really that drawn to it until Burton said, hey, take what you know from the comics, throw out the window. We're doing this whole, like, mutant outcast type of thing. Mm-hmm. And DeVito was kind of like, okay, go on. <laughs> We're like, I get to play this type of thing. It gives Can him I more say I'm cold-blooded? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am not a human being! <laughs> <laughs> so the deformed outcast element of the Penguin was then more heavily developed. Uh, and I think overtook the whole like gentleman gangster uh, you know aspect that we kind of associated with the Burgess Meredith version. And I think when people criticize this version of Penguin, they miss the gentleman gangster part. But I think they they sort of overlooked just how much depth comes with the whole outcast element mm-hmm. of Penguin. I'm just like, so he doesn't talk all proper <laughs> and quote Shakespeare stuff, but like they still kept the whole thing about him being like looking kind of like a bird. And being an outcast and wanting to be part of, you know, normal society and that type of stuff. I feel like there's a lot more meat there, especially for an actor like DeVito, than mm-hmm. just like, oh, his lines doesn't don't sound very proper. He sounds perverted and rude. Like, okay, whatever. It's a different voice for it, but still. It, it would have been cool if he was quoting Shakespeare with that black bile on his mouth. <laughs> that would have been fucking badass, dude. I do picture him doing Richard III. Being like, now yeah, is yeah. the winter of our discontent is like yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah, like when he's you know when he's giving that speech to his penguins. Yeah, exactly. It could be something yeah. like that. His sermon on the mount. <laughs> My dear penguins. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, so, shit, man. Uh, for the look of the penguin, we saw last time how they played around with different concept art for it, but some have brought up the penguins' makeup as reminiscent of an old movie called. London After Midnight. Mm-hmm. We're looking at Lon oh, Chaney yeah. uh, there where he's also got a top hat. He's also got like these dark circles around his eyes. Pointy he's teeth. Also got sharp, yeah. yeah, sharp teeth and stuff. Um, some say that this was even the inspiration for the Penguin makeup, but I have not found any official you know, quotes from Tim Burton or Stan Winston outright saying like, yes, this was done because of London After Midnight. It just mainly seems like people see a connection. That, I could see it's a possibility. It's a lost, uh, lost movie. Then uh, London it? After Midnight, yeah, it was burnt. I think the original like uh, reel of film or something. It was like lost in a fire at the studio, Universal Studios, or Jesus, something yeah. like that. It's a it is a famous lost film that has never been seen of Lon Dang, Chaney. That sucks. Shame. Yeah. Thought to be yeah. like some of his scariest like makeup or and everything like that. So it's kind mm. of infamous <clears throat> because of that. There's a Looney Tunes character with the same kind of vibe too, but I think the it probably, was a little bit yeah anti-semitic or something too but Might have been. that's a whole other story um but yeah it sucks that, that this film was lost and i yeah. could definitely see this is kind of burton's thing it looks like and it's not a stretch to say this is an influence right and of course you've also this is the same movie where there's max shrek who's named after the actor who played the first Nosferatu. in Nosferatu. Yeah. yeah so i'm like you can kind of see right. how like another old black and white movie can feed into it um, another trivia piece of trivia that I think um, you would like, uh, Andrew, is that uh, Lone Chaney was known as the man of, you know, you, are, you might already know he was the man of a thousand faces with makeup and stuff, but he was basically the inspiration for Clayface. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Basil Carlo yeah, yeah, is also yeah. an actor who does a lot of his own makeup and is known for playing yeah. villains and stuff like that. So it's basically like, what if Lone Chaney was a supervillain? And that's how they mm-hmm. came up with Clayface on it. So uh, it's kind of a cool connection there. The gangster's just fucking him up in that in that episode. And he's like, mm-hmm. ah, ah. It was oh, yeah, like pouring that stuff down of, his throat. Yeah, yeah. Like that it's was disturbing. like, 
as a child watching it on TV first run, it was like cartoons have been amped up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, am- like, amped up the darkness. That's one of the reasons that that episode stuck with me. It was just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that gangster shit in it. Mm-hmm. I was listening into the LA Comic-Con panel for, uh, you know, Batman the Animated Series. And Will Friedle talks about how, like, uh, they never really referred to it as a cartoon. It was always the animated series. It always mm-hmm. felt like an adult uh... show, but animated. Mm-hmm. It never felt like a kid's cartoon. This, you know, it wasn't Super Friends and stuff. So right, right, I thought right, that was an right, interesting right. distinction when people were talking about it. Mm-hmm. That's uh, cool. Let's see. DeVito said that the Penguin's original costume, this is an interesting fact, his original costume was just the swaddling clothes that he was found in, which is interesting, and that this evolved into the sort of one-piece union suit in the movie that he's wearing at the end, which is also kind of why he, I I said off the air, that he kind of looks like a big baby uh, towards the end of the movie (laughs) when he's giving the speech to the Penguins and he dies and stuff, but I think it's it's deliberate in terms of the imagery because he's Mm -hmm. sort of brought back to, he comes full circle in terms of where he's at psychologically yeah. of being you know, a child who was cast out and stuff like that. And his anger about that is what drives him towards the end. Um, Tim Burton in interviews said that he felt that Penguin had, quote, the least amount of a foundation psychologically out of the Batman villains uh, available. So when Warner Brothers really wanted the Penguin, he and Daniel Waters got to work, which is probably another reason why he didn't want to go with the Sam Hamm version of mm-hmm. uh, the Penguin. He wanted something that went into a lot more depth of it. So, Let's dive into the Danny DeVito Penguin, starting with his parents. Mm-hmm. So this is something that I didn't realize until uh, I was looking at the history of Penguin, but the Batman Returns take is the first to establish that the Cobblepots come from wealth. This is not okay. established in other versions of it. Mm. Uh, but the idea that the Cobblepot lineage is wealthy or that he comes from money, even though Penguin himself you know, obviously isn't living it up in a rich mansion in, in the movie, but like the fact that his family did is this is the first time this comes up he kind of has like a lower class origins in like the bronze age where he's just like it's just a family-run pet shop that gets closed down because they're in mm-hmm. debt and stuff it's very different in the comics okay. before this um the film also came up with the parents being named tucker and esther cobblepot <clears throat> these names are original to the film and uh, played by uh, Paul Rubens and Diane Salinger, who were co-stars in Pee-wee's Big Adventure from Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. So this is a mm-hmm. reunion of that. There are also rumors that they Tucker had wanted... Cobblepot and <laughs> yes. Esther Cobblepot. I know, it's very, uh, you know, upper class type of mm-hmm. you know, yeah, name. Snooty. So good. Which is also where, you know, Oswald makes sense as like a snooty name too. Mm-hmm. Oh, that. definitely. So it works. Um there are rumors that they had wanted Burgess Meredith to play Tucker Cobblepot, but again, I have not found any sources confirming that. It just seems like people thinking mm. like, oh, this would have been cool, and then just yeah. spreading it. But like, until someone digs up an interview with like Paul Rubin saying, like, I replaced Burgess Meredith, then like, I, I don't think that it's true. Um, it's also kind of rare. I don't really see them reaching out to the 66 show actors for cameos. Mm-hmm. in the Burton verse. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that that's really what they wanted to do at the time, which is a shame because it would have been cool, but I just don't think realistically they would have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of who to credit for these names, I feel like I got to credit Wesley Strick who did the rewrites on the scripts because Wesley Strick was the one who uh, solidified the fact that the Penguin came from the Cobblepot family. The version we saw in Batman Returns is fairly close to what the original writer, Daniel Waters, wrote, but one of the biggest things uh we'll go a little bit into some of the biggest things that did make it to the big screen 
that was in the original versions of Batman Returns. And to show that, we've got more concept art. Yes, there's stuff that we did not mm-hmm. get to <laughs> in the Batman Returns one that I found. I'm just like, all right, we're going to use this as an opportunity. Um, so we're Gotta looking get now you a scanner art. for Christmas, Ben, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a scanner, but the book is bigger than the scanner. We gotta get so a bigger scanner that I can do for right Christmas, now. I think, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. So, for one, uh, in the original script, uh, Penguin is not born in Cobblepot Manor. Because Oswald Cobblepot was not Penguin's name in the Daniel Waters script for Batman Returns. The movie opened with his birth, but we did not see the name Cobblepot on the manor. It was an unknown rich family that already had an older son described as an angelic child. So, Penguin's brother, the angelic child... Uh, would stare through the bars of the cage at the baby, only to be told by his mother, honey, don't stare at your brother. So mm. Oswald kind of has an older brother here. For those who are looking at the title, they kind of know where this is going uh, on in the episode. But Penguin's parents then abandon him the same way they do in the movie, by throwing him over into the sewer. Uh, later in the script, Penguin meets Shrek, who then introduces him to uh, the characters of Josh and Jen in the movie, though they're called Punch and Juliet in the, uh, mm-hmm. in the script. But they come up with the penguin image. They come up with the idea of putting him in a tuxedo and make him look respectable. And they come up with a fake name that the computers come up with, which is Oswald Cobblepot. So in the script, Oswald Cobblepot is a made-up powered name. computers <laughs> came up with Oswald Cobblepot. Yes. Yep. That AI. Uh, so that is how Cobblepot gets his name in this. It's not even a real name. Uh, hmm. what this is, is a great name, scene though? by the way this fucking when he's just <laughs> oh, yeah. fake laughing with all those people <laughs> before he <laughs> anyway, bites the guy's going. nose yeah. Yeah. yeah that shit that shit was oh man yeah so uh, towards the end of the movie Penguin has Max Shrek hostage in a cage and then Penguin looks through the bars of the cage and he recognizes Max from years ago flips it says, on him yeah and he says the memory of his mom saying honey don't stare at your brother and he realizes that Max Shrek is his brother and the family that gave him up were the Shreks, not the Cobblepots. And so that's hmm. that is the reveal that Penguin and Max Shrek are brothers, and Penguin came from the Shrek family. There is no Cobblepot family. Um, funny enough, in the featurette in the uh, in the DVD Blu-ray, <coughs> Daniel Waters describes Max as being the golden boy son of the Cobblepot family, mm-hmm. rather than Oswald being from the Shrek family. This could be a case where a later draft simply had Max Shrek be a Cobblepot who changed his name to Shrek. Or Waters could have just simplified it for the interview since it would have been confusing for him to be like, Penguin comes from the Shrek family mm-hmm. in an interview where people would be like, wait, what's he talking about? So that's probably why that, that is. But um, there are other differences between the final film and the Waters script when it comes to Penguin specifically. I went into them in that episode uh, with uh, the script, but we'll go into a deeper dive of Penguin specifically uh, as we look at other concept art from Penguin. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, one thing is that the Penguin talks a lot more <laughs> in the script than he does in the movie. In fact, we do have an opening monologue that I'm going to have Zach do in a bit where oh, Daniel Waters shit. goes overboard with the dialogue yeah. in the speeches. And so this is what was going to be Penguin's opening monologue to the Red Triangle Circus gang as he looks over Gotham City Plaza. Take it away, Oswald. Look out and behold the joyous faces. Oh, the wonderful smiles. I wish there was a way to keep all those wonderful smiles in a jar where I could shake them up and watch them turn into mushy goo. Oh, my outcast friends, I am about to become Gotham City's best nightmare. This city 
is one big happy family. For about 20 more minutes, wah, my previous crimes were party favors. Tonight, Gotham gets a real present. The big speech that then gets uh, whittled down to, oh, but you can, oh, but oh you my. will. <laughs> mm, probably so, for the best. Like, Maybe we'll yeah. return to the, the previous draft on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for Wesley Stroop. So um, <laughs> there's something that I think Zach will like is that Penguin does actually smoke a cigarette in the cigarette holder like the traditional Penguin throughout the script. Uh, it says that he even smokes it uh, before they do the whole, like, let's revitalize your image. Like, he, he's even smoking it in the scene where he's got Max Shrek hostage in the lair and stuff. He's been smoking yeah. it since he was a baby. Yeah. He's got <laughs> yes. it in that baby cage. <laughs> yes. He stole uh, it from his dad. Pro- <laughs> were they like so against smoking? Like the guy can bite a fucking nose off and shit, but he can't smoke. That was probably <laughs> maybe the yeah. situation in the nineties at the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe Danny DeVito just didn't want to do it or something. Maybe I think part of it was just like let's make him not like the traditional penguin. Let's make him mm-hmm. as unburgeous Meredith like as possible. So that's why he like, spits out so. the cigarette holder. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Uh, Penguin's also said to be wearing the monocle throughout the script too, rather than just the one scene. In mm-hmm. the uh, you know in the Hall of Records, so this makes him more in line with how he looked like in the concept art that we're looking at in the visuals here, as well as the promotion posters and even in Zach's promo image. So uh, as we've talked about before, in the posters, Devito is wearing the monocle and the cigarette holder and mm-hmm. the top hat, and like he's all decked out in the Penguin getup. But in the movie, he never has all that type of stuff on at once, which is a shame, I think. Um, I also have more concept art here to show of Penguin's Lair, just to show that it was originally meant to be set in more of an amusement park rather than just the zoo that we're looking at in Mm -hmm. the movie. Um, You can see more of the roller coaster in the background of the concept art. Uh, And originally, the duck was meant to be a car in the roller coaster. Uh, This gets revised in the movie. Let me skip forward here in the clip, where you can kind of see it in this like ski lift type thing uh, that's around the zoo. Mm -hmm before we get to finally close on to the Arctic World exhibit that he's part of. So uh, that was kind of what they were having in mind for that. Hmm. But, yeah. Um, they weirdly did this concept that we're going to look at, where it's Danny DeVito in a Ringmaster-looking outfit, even though I think it's supposed to be Penguin, next to a bunch of penguins, and just to show that he's only slightly taller than yeah, the real-life yeah. penguins. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um in the script, Penguin appears to talk more to the penguins. At one point, a penguin come up, comes up to him, and Oswald tells uh, him to go to the closet in the back of the lair, I guess to use the bathroom. I don't know. It's stupid. Uh, and then he <laughs> he constantly asks the emperor penguins for their advice throughout the script. <laughs> so I think they went a little too far with that. Yeah. Uh, in the original script in the beginning, Penguin doesn't attack like the Gotham City Plaza so much as he sends the gang after Max Shrek to kidnap mm-hmm. him in the office and stuff. And during this time, Penguin and the Red Triangle Circus gang find the Batmobile, because Batman is parked to go and stop this kidnapping, and they start snapping pictures of the Batmobile, which finally explains how Penguin has the plans for the Batmobile later in the movie in order oh, to right. fuck around with it. So mm-hmm. there, actually, there actually was an explanation for that. Uh, when Penguin succeeds in kidnapping Max and Chip and bringing them into Lair, he actually does originally intend to kill them <laughs> which is ironic since in the final movie he says, you think I would go through all this just to kill you? In the original <laughs> script, yes, he did go right. through all that just to kill them. Right, right, uh, right. Uh, visually, we're looking at these very, um, a bit like Edward Gorey, but very gothic-looking sketches 
of the um, of the penguin's lair, both on the outside mm-hmm. and the inside and stuff. Um, kind of maybe see a little bit of the roller coaster in the background or the outside, and then the inside is almost way bigger uh, of Penguin's Lair. Um, a little bit more of the Arctic Cave type of feel to it, too, on this. Uh, but Max, in order to save his own skin from Penguin, gives him the idea of helping him by having him run for mayor. And this is mainly so that he can get out of this alive and then use the Penguin as leverage against the real mayor so he can get his power plan. So the plot's a little different in the original mm. script. Uh, we then get the sequence with Punch and Juliet, where or Josh and Jen, uh, where Penguin gets the Oswald Cobblepot name, as well as the tuxedo. They dress him up and stuff, and so now he's the more traditional-looking Penguin. Uh, Penguin then leaves Max's office as Selena walks in, and since Max doesn't want anyone to know that he's working with Penguin, that's why Max shoves her out the window. Hmm. So the motivation, I think, is stronger in... Um, well, I guess not the motivation is stronger, but the way it happens is stronger as opposed to Selena just accidentally telling Max that she knows that his evil plan in the yeah. movie. So uh, I think it's done a little better. One of the few things I think is done a little better in the Daniel Waters script versus the final movie. Um, Penguin's campaign office gets set up and is originally described as an all-white mm-hmm. igloo-esque office space. Igloo-esque, <laughs> which is different from what we got in the movie. Um, Penguin is also more hands-on with his crimes. In the movie, he kind of just lets the gang take over, but in the script, the original script, he does a lot more stuff. For shits and giggles, he and the Red Triangle Circus gang put a bomb under a crosswalk that's trained to blow up after the, like, the 70th person presses the walk button. Oh my gosh. So, uh, <laughs> and he just lets it, like, everybody's just like watching the counter until like the 70th person presses it and gets blown up. So I'm like, it's pretty fucking dark. Uh, and it's the device that would have killed off uh, the Josh and Jen characters at the end because they're the ones who press it and then they get blown up i do like <laughs> so, the black and yellow uh banners in his like uh, in the bottom mm-hmm. section there i don't know if that's supposed to be like a uh you know call back to batman yeah or not, but it is kind of cool could be yeah it's cool uh and we're also looking at i guess the upstairs office too where mm-hmm. things are a lot more ratty uh and things like that so mm-hmm. uh i think the you can kind of see how it evolved into the one that we got in the movie yeah uh, Penguin does a heist at a museum in the script that did not happen in the movie and it's outside that he runs into Batman and Penguin uh, this is left over from the Sam Ham script but Penguin actually does use flocks of birds to swarm around cop cars and create terror uh, in the original Daniel Waters script so that gets carried over before he takes off in the umbrella copter um, and then Penguin also teases Batman for not having superpowers <laughs> in the Daniel Waters script oh, <laughs> when funny. he takes off in the umbrella copter. Hmm. Uh, he's like, well, don't just stand there. Oh, yeah, you're the one without superpowers. So I'm like, <laughs> that's <laughs> cool. Hinting at another uni- hinting at a bigger yeah. universe. Yeah, at that time. a little bit, yeah. Uh, when framing Batman on taking out the Ice Princess, um, in the movie, Penguin just uses the battering <laughs> on the Ice Princess and we cut away. And it almost seems like it's a throwing star where he like stabbed her with it because later mm-hmm. on they're like, we found the blood of the ice princess. Uh, but she seems to be like kind of okay for someone who got stabbed when we meet her later on. But in the script, it's more specific. Apparently, when he throws the batarang, he doesn't really know how to throw it. So it just kind of conks her on the head and then starts mm-hmm. ricocheting everywhere. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. <laughs> I don't know if we needed that, but it kind of it has a different take in terms of how that would have happened since it's a little bit more mysterious in the in the movie. Uh, is there any story things... about this act, this actress here, the Ice Princess? Was she like a model? What do you know about her? She is in uh, an episode ben. of Tales from the Crypt. That's all I know. Really? Uh, 
Yeah, it's um, it's in the sixth season. It's like ninety nine and one half or one something percent pure horror. It's about her making her husband into soap, and then she like takes a okay. shower at the end, and there's an eyeball in the soap, and it melts her mm. skin from the stomach acid. It's really weird that I know all that. I'm a big Tales from the Crypt fan, but every time I watch okay. that episode, I'm like, damn, that's the exact same actress from Batman Returns. It's very yeah. strange. That's a gosh dang ice princess. <laughs> it, it says in 2002, she left her acting career to become a fashion designer, according to Wikipedia. Hmm. So okay. that's cool. What's her uh, name? Christy Conaway. Yep. Christy Conaway, the ice princess. For, uh, Please come on for an interview. Thank you. Any Google image purposes <laughs> for people <laughs> listening in. It's Christy Conway. Christy with an eye. Anyway. Uh, they, next sequence is when Penguin takes over the Batmobile. And this is in the comic book adaptation that I did not bring up last time. Because I was mainly going over like scenes, complete scenes that were cut. Mm-hmm. But uh, when Penguin takes over, he also uses the circular lift under the Batmobile that he used against the fire breather mm-hmm. to turn the Batmobile around in the, in the script and in the combat adaptation, he uses it against Batmobile to just spin the Batmobile around a lot to make it like dizzy and stuff. Just kind of, it's kind of silly, but also really fits the tone of the movie too at the same time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Kind of cool, but also kind of unnecessary. I, I, it's not something that I'm like, Oh, I should have put that in, but it's also one where I'm just like, eh, also would have been fun. Mm-hmm. Take her uh, for a spin. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, and then Batman in the Daniel Water script gets help from Robin to take control back of the Batmobile. And when they do, they end up in the Batmobile together and crash the Batmobile through Penguin's RV with the like controls uh, on it. So awesome. that was kind of cool. Uh, it's not in the, in the movie, obviously, because Robin's not in the movie. Uh, quick side tangent. In an interview, Daniel Water... No, I won't allow it. In Fantazone magazine. (laughs) No tangents. (laughs) So, uh, Daniel Waters said that he considered Robin to start off as being part, uh, being a street kid who worked for Penguin. Now, this is interesting because this implies to me that Robin would have started off as a member of the Red Triangle Circus Gang, which makes a lot of sense since Robin's origins are in the circus, more so than being a garage mechanic. So, uh, if they were plotting to do something where, like, he works for Penguin, but then figures out that Penguin isn't, you know, legit and that type of stuff and turns hmm. against him and works with Batman, then that could have been a cool subplot. But, again, the movie is as busy as it is. So, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm fine with but, the fact that we got a more traditional stuff later on. Robin is a bird as well, so... <laughs> yeah. It would have fit the Penguin animal theme. Likes birds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If maybe Penguin gave him that name because of the fit the whole hey, like, yeah, that is a good idea you know and then he turns that against him but yeah uh but i i don't know it's not in the daniel waters script the only evidence of it is just this interview where he said you know quote we started off with him as a full-fledged character who worked as a street kid for the penguin so mr waters if you have a treatment or something that has more of that we'd love to read it uh let's see i'm pulling up a picture of the batman store because in the daniel waters script uh, the Batman store would have shown up later in the movie where all the Batman merchandise is replaced with Penguin merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny. That's all I want in life Penguin now. is the new hero, so I don't know what the Penguin merchandise would have looked like. All the toys <laughs> yeah, they had already made logo. for Batman Returns. It's like the one for his poster, his campaign poster. I guess so, yeah. 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 I would, There's like a keep call. What am I thinking of? I'll, I'll grab it. You guys keep talking. 
They, <laughs> the, they must have, at some point in the history of this character, yeah. used the monocle as the O in Oswald, right? Like, I would love to see that graphic design if they had. Oh, like, I don't know like, if they did that. Instead yeah. of a bat logo, they, they mm-hmm. do that, and maybe with a, like a Alfred Hitchcock type of silhouette somewhere in the design i don't know i'm just thinking out loud but it'd be kind of cool and we got this visual here from zach yeah there you go so we can see a little more yeah yeah that's pretty much just the picture of the silhouette of penguin in almost like a burgess Meredith type silhouette Um, yeah this is for mayor on that so i could see that replacing like the bat logo on the uh, on the store that's cool man interesting they would probably call it merchandise and be like get us any sort any penguin toy you have First, yes. put in this toy, in this store, the Super still, Friends, any Toy Biz version, any of them. They need <laughs> to make up at least like pop up store at least at the very least pop up stores around Christmas time in big cities at least in like major areas to start off with at least mm-hmm. just Batman, like <laughs> you know, yeah, the, mm-hmm. and of course a lot of Burton shit, but also whatever the fuck the new shit is too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just. And, and yeah. but model the pop up store somewhat after this yeah, as well. This, I mean, it's kind yeah. of a kind of a deep cut at this point for most people. People are like, "What the fuck is this from?" You know. But still, it's just about everybody else but us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know, man. This is it'd be great. It'd be so cool. Also interesting. I don't think we brought this up, but the bat logo on the store is the eighty nine chest logo with the extra spikes. Right. Are you right, sure, right. Ben? I'm looking at it right now. Hold on, let me let me. I only see here. one point at the bottom. A challenge from Zach. It looks like an. It looks kind of like the returns logo, but a little stylized. But I don't think it has the extra little two points on the side there. I'm telling you, the production design team, set, de- <laughs> set decorators, they had to make this store before they got any kind of word from anyone <laughs> anywhere else. You know what I mean? They just they were doing their best, man. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have the point at the. It doesn't have the extra points at the very bottom, but it does have the extra. Wait, hold on. Well, now we're gonna get stuck on this. We're getting <laughs> stuck on this. <laughs> oh my god! You, YouTube attention went down. <laughs> they started talking about fucking extra shit. I didn't give a fuck about the store. Actually, yeah. When I take a look at it, it doesn't have it. Yeah, How many goddamn anyway. scallops were on the store? No one cares about. <laughs> This is the stuff people. This is what people tune in for, Andrew. (laughs) I came for the penguin shit, not for this fucking random store bullshit that never fucking existed. I got it. I got it mixed up. I was looking at something else. (laughs) Let's talk about how many lights are on the wreath next. (laughs) How many lights do you guess are up there? (laughs) Let's see. Uh, Penguin gets a red, white, and blue umbrella as part of his uh, mayoral campaign from the store. I think. And then uh, in the script, Bruce does not do the DJ thing with the penguin audio, uh, where he talks about playing yep. the city like a harp from hell. But instead, uh, waka, waka. Max, yeah, Mark, Max gets the mayor <laughs> to agree to do his power plant. And so Max then is like, "All right, I got what I wanted out of this. I wanted to just use Penguin to push the mayor into doing all the stuff I wanted." So he just pulls funding completely from Oswald's campaign and betrays the Penguin. And so Oswald becomes the Penguin again, decides to get revenge on Max at the costume party. Uh, and it's here at the costume party. I forgot about this, but in the Daniel Waters script, the penguins show up at the costume party with the different weapons. That's kind of uh, cool. This could be where this concept cool. art had come from, with the buzzsaw penguin and stuff. Uh, it says, quote, some have a Gatling gun 
uh, apparatus. Others have flamethrowers, and I'm like, hey, one of the concept art mm-hmm. things that we saw had the flamethrower, so that's where that comes from. It's from the original water script. That was to that's... attack all the bats that Batman summoned. <laughs> <laughs> bats versus penguins. <laughs> yes. Uh, Penguin crashes the party, and he shows up in a Santa outfit with his circus friends wearing antlers and stuff. So uh, they kidnap Max Shrek, and they kidnap the mayor uh, in this version. And so they then immediately go into the penguins attacking the city. So there was no, like, let's kidnap all the children thing, because that was added later. Hmm. Uh, In the finale, Penguin does do have his little sermon. Type on the mount to <laughs> it's like a big igloo he's on for the mount <laughs> so he sends the penguin army against gotham creates a blackout and gets thwarted by batman and robin uh and batman then chases penguin from the bat boat against penguin's duckmobile into the abandoned amusement park that was connected to the zoo which we can kind of see in this concept art here uh, with the bat ski boat sort of on you know outside as opposed to just being in the sewers mm-hmm. and stuff, and you can kind of still see the uh, the roller coaster in the back. You see that too. tire tread on the bottom of the bat ski boat too. That makes more sense now. Yeah, mm. yeah, like so, a tank tread. Yeah, yeah. So it's able to sort of go on land, and so we have a chase of the the bat boat versus the duckmobile, which is pretty cool on this. Uh, and then Batman and Penguin have a fight on the roller coaster. And then a weird, random, killing joke like Heart to Heart where they start laughing at each other because of the absurdity of their lives because Penguin just found out that his brother's Max Shrek and Batman just found out his girlfriend is Catwoman. I don't think we needed that. That's I remember weird. that. That is so like weird that they <laughs> yeah. did that in yeah. the script. <laughs> yeah. And then Batman says uh, the same code word that Penguin used to send the, bat- the birds after him, but this time it's bats, so Penguin gets swarmed by the bats. Like in the movie, except it's not nearly as good as the Sam Ham uh, draft, where it's like his own table's turned against him. It doesn't seem, doesn't have the same fitting type of feel. Uh, but basically, Penguin falls this time from the roller coaster into a duck cart below and then into a sewer. So it's almost comedic in terms of like how much falling he goes. He falls the hole Oh, shit. At least he's got that padding. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, he's just like falling into this bottomless pit of like different duckmobiles. It feels like to get to finally get to the bottom uh, of his lair. And then when he finally does, Catwoman is killing Max Shrek. And then also, I guess, screaming too while she electrocutes uh, Max Shrek and Penguin's last words are Catwoman. Death is like this. And then he dies, which is not nearly as good as the final movie. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> Zach's face was just like, what the fuck? Death not- is like this. <laughs> Nine more times and you'll get to me where I am dying right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. In the Wesley Strick rewrite of it, they, he added the whole thing about, like, I'll murder you momentarily and that stuff where he tries to, like, grab from yeah. the umbrella. Except it's a little different. And this is actually shown in the comic book adaptation where Penguin grabs the umbrella and says yep. uh, that without the mask, Bruce Wayne is drop dead handsome. So drop so dead as he tries to shoot him. Which is kind yeah, of funny. That's okay. It's not as bad. That as was line. that yeah, was in yeah. the um, the novelization, Ben. I remember that. Yeah, uh, I'm not surprised since that's in the in the final shooting script. So maybe it mm-hmm. was something that Devito said on set that they just didn't put into the movie. Um, and then in the comic, when he finds out he's got the wrong umbrella, he says, uh, "You wouldn't blow away an endangered bird, would you?" Which mm-hmm. doesn't really make sense because it removes something that's in the script. In the script, 
he says that because Penguin realizes he doesn't have the gun umbrella Batman does. And then Batman points the gun umbrella at Penguin. And that's why Penguin says you wouldn't shoot in, shoot in danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the image of, of Keaton's Batman pointing a, an umbrella gun at Penguin is just not what you want to do in that scene. So mm-hmm. even though it kind of fits his version of the character, but uh, I don't know. And so in the, in the script, um, yeah, they have that aspect with the gun umbrella. And Penguin even turns around and says, you wouldn't shoot me in the back. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, eh, we, don't, we don't need this. Just keep it to just him dying at mm-hmm. that point. Um, but he dies here. We still have the, uh, the whole aspect of the pallbearers who are penguins <laughs> who bring him into the water that's been there since the very beginning. But I do think that we should address a question that Zach had last time, which is <laughs> whether or not Penguin is a virgin. And to answer that, we got, we got Logan Woods our, again, pulled up on the meme. With uh, the girlfriend thinking, but he's thinking of sleeping with other women, and the guy thinking, "Were Oswald and Poodle Lady sleeping together?" <laughs> By the way, I want to say, perfect. Logan, this is a pretty good font too for a, for a meme. Uh, yes. Anyway, I was just I, I noticed that it's pretty cool. Mm. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's fucking Times New Roman or something, but I feel like it's generally not this font in memes. It's I don't know. Anyway, I it enjoyed it. Old school, yeah. It feels a little old school that fits with the fact that this is about a '90s movie, and it fits with Oswald too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was but, just uh, flattered I... that uh, that Logan made this. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Also that I forgot but, uh, to look into the Daniel Waters script because I investigated: Did Penguin die a virgin? And so we do have <clears throat> the closest that we get. Uh, Penguin has an exchange where he says the closest he got to la- getting laid was this. The closest I ever came to going to a dance was finding a corsage in a puddle of sewer sludge. The closest I ever came to making love to a woman, well, don't worry, it's way off, way off. I wore that corsage for a week. So the answer is yes, he did die a virgin. He did not get to have sex with anybody in the water script. He should so, have taken advantage of that sad. mayoral poontang while he had the chance. <laughs> should, have, should have. He had the money. He could have at least gone to a prostitute or something. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Poodle lady. Something, man. Yeah. Yeah. Poodle lady is available. Yeah. I think. You got those, uh, <laughs> those uh, flexible gymnastic people. What are they? Acrobats. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, They're like rolling true. around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're rolling clown, around literally. clown girls yeah i don't know there's oh, yeah, man. poor penguin are they are well, women as... really throwing themselves at mayors too like i mean <laughs> I think so. those those like young blonde women that were out there like wanting to wear the buttons and stuff are they really do they really care that much like no there's not that much going on in gotham i guess i don't think uh, i, mean, I don't they think got she was money. thinking of sleeping with him he was thinking of sleeping with her but i think she was just supporting him i don't know that scene even like, why is she? Why does she care about like a mayoral know, candidate? She, she seemed pretty uncomfortable once they started putting the button on her. Though. Yeah, like I don't think she was in it for for that. But uh, right. I did. I did want to address a few, I guess, fan theories and misconceptions uh, about the penguin in this movie outside of the virginity thing. So the next thing is. Um, <laughs> As shown in the movie, the baby penguin's basket floats from the river into the sewer and eventually into the Gotham Zoo where he's found by penguins. And then the movie cuts to present day with some interpreting that Oswald was raised by penguins. 
so how is he able to talk? And I'm like, eh, that's not really. No. I that's what I thought when I was that. a kid. Yeah, that he was raised by the penguins. Yeah, and I was, you know, I was. That was my first impression when I mm-hmm. saw it when I was like ten or whatever. But yeah, and, I, and then I was, I did question like, how did he learn to talk? I was, I had this exact <laughs> same fucking thing. Yeah, uh, there's a likely explanation presented later in this scene. Bruce is investigating the Red Triangle Circus gang. And it says that they had, quote, an aquatic bird boy, which makes Mm -hmm. him pause and realize that that was the penguin. Uh, It also says the circus was shut down when children were being abducted, which is what Penguin does later. So Mm. the way I interpret this is that young Oswald, yes, was found, you know, by the penguins in the Arctic Zoo. But at some point, he would have probably been found and raised by the Red Triangle Circus, Mm -hmm. where he was their aquatic bird boy. And somehow he took over the circus, turned them into a crime gang, and started having them kidnap children. I didn't say this was an airtight explanation. I'm just saying this is what this is yeah, what's provided. Yeah, that's what I was airtight assumed. to me. Yeah. <laughs> and so the Red Triangle Circus becomes a crime gang, and Oswald takes them to the Gotham Zoo with his penguins and plots his time to ascend, as he says in the movie. So that's kind of how I interpreted <laughs> that. Yeah, he's already ascended in this like circus life that he had. I feel like. They had to like disappear because too many kids were being abducted. Mm-hmm. So that's when he's like, I know a place we can go and it'll be his little Arctic layer. I'm wondering if it would have been better instead of having the basket come to the penguins, if it was the basket comes to like the circus. And then you would kind of have that explanation about like, okay, the circus then is tied to penguin and, and that type of stuff. That's I, I know true. It's not, as, it's not as poetic as seeing the penguins crowd around it and stuff later on, but it probably would have helped with the misconception that, you know, he's just flat out raised by a bunch of do, animals. Do you think the zoo is... Feral, is feral a, child. <laughs> do you think the zoo is abandoned at the time that Penguin floats up there? You know, this is like 33 Maybe. years in the past. Do you think it's still... And they just never break it down. They're just like, yeah, it's just an abandoned zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the animals. Shit. I also yeah, wonder yeah, what... That's what would have happened back then, probably. <laughs> Like, yeah. okay, maybe it is under operation, and then they're just like, oh, we found this kid, and uh, this kid is, you know, deformed, and then they, he gets passed off to the circus that way. Yeah, I don't know if the circus was, like, there at some point yet. I also mm-hmm. wondered, too, Ben, when you were talking about his parents, what happened to, uh, like, the family fortune of the couple oh, question. And the I mansion. Feel like that would have been, yeah, that, that would have been better explained if... Max Shrek was his brother, I would think, you know, mm. if, if they did go through with that. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I did have something about the parents because we don't know what happened to the fortune. It does make sense that Oswald would have gotten it in the movie once he yeah. finds that those are his parents. But um, when Penguin is in the Hall of Records, Batman drives by and he says, quote, I think he knows who his parents are. Uh, Penguin in the movie then clearly takes advantage of being in the Hall of Records and writes down the names of the firstborn children that he's going to kidnap and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I interpreted this to be that Batman just suspects that Penguin already discovered his parents' names and he's staying in the Hall of Records for a different reason, which then pays off later that he did it to find the names of the different kids. So mm-hmm. that's how I saw it. But there are different fan theories where they believe Oswald actually not only knew who his parents were before the movie, but also killed his parents. Mm-hmm. Now that makes things interesting. If Daniel Waters was on the show, or Wesley Strick actually, we'd probably ask them, but I suspect that this is more fans reading into it. However, apparently, and, and Zach confirmed this for me in the novelization, it says that the Cobblepots died, quote, under mysterious circumstances or mysterious mm-hmm. conditions. So who knows? <laughs> um, 
DeVito himself, I saw in an interview in the Featurette, said that Penguin would be capable of killing his parents, quote, if they were there. But it doesn't sound like he was confirming that Penguin, hmm. or really entertaining the idea that Penguin killed his own parents. He would say that Penguin would be capable of doing it. So it's an interesting idea that maybe Penguin knew who his parents were, killed them before the movie, but then... I, I don't know. Like, all right, what else then? <laughs> yeah, like, I, it's interesting idea. I don't know what else to do with it though. I never understand now as an adult watching this if Penguin knows all this stuff beforehand and he's just playing it all out for like the press. Because does he really already know that his name is Cobblepot? He acts like he's discovered it. And he, this whole thing in the graveyard yeah. is very poetic, but I also believe that it's like put on for show. Uh, like bit, he yeah. he doesn't really feel remorse for it. Uh, I mean, and if he did kill his own parents, then surely he would have discovered his own identity by then too. And he would have been going, or he would have known that his name was Oswald Cobblepot. So there's, there's all these questions that I have that it's, it's hard to feel sympathy for him because <laughs> I think I, I love the penguin. I love Danny DeVito's penguin. I remember as a kid feeling more sympathy for him, but as an adult, mm -hmm. uh, the way I'm reading it is that he, this is all for show. Like he, all he wants to do is get revenge on Gotham City. He wants to take away the firstborn children. Like that's all his motivation. The whole mayor stuff is just like a footnote. Like he's like, oh, sure, I can use this to my advantage. So he does it. It's like maybe a minor distraction, but he's just using it to, you know, fulfill his own goals. And he's gonna like he's going to kill those kids no matter what. That's like his only goal. Mm. Um at least as far as I think about it. I feel I feel slightly differently about it in the sense that it seems that he abandons that goal for the kids when he realizes he could get respect as the mayor, even though he's still doing crime shit. So I'm not saying right. he, he like becomes all good and stuff, but he, it doesn't seem like he wants to go through with that until he loses the mayor thing, until the city mm -hmm. turns against him. And that's when he says, I'm not Oswald Cobblepot, I'm the Penguin at that point. So I'm like, hmm. eh... I can see it both ways. I can see it that, like, he's playing it up. He definitely still wants to do crime and shit like that. But I think there's a part of him that is held back when he sees that he could get respect and stuff. And I think it's a very common story in the Penguin's mythology where the Penguin almost sometimes turns good or stops doing crime when he finds love or respect. Mm -hmm. He finds a belonging. Um, there's a lot of different stories where he's in love with somebody and suddenly like <laughs> crime goes down, at least from the penguin type mm -hmm. standpoint, because he has no reason to anymore. He like already gets what he wants at that point. And then when he loses that, then he goes, he reverts back mm -hmm. that type of thing. seems like crime's gone down. Penguin's mm -hmm. been getting laid. <laughs> did you, did you read, have either of you read the new issue of, uh, well, it's a penguin story written by Danny DeVito where he is yes, I'm, I'm an item with Catwoman. Oh, good. That yeah. shit's I read already it too. out. Yeah. yeah. Well, goddamn. Yep. We'll talk a little bit about it. We won't go into too many spoilers. But but one yeah, thing I want to say real quick thing. before we get to that yep. it, with killing, I don't know why this just dawned on me, but killing the fucking firstborn plus him being a baby in a fucking manger or whatever in yeah. down a river. It's a, it's a he's, Moses he's, parallel. He's evil Moses. He is yeah. Moses, yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> well, killing the firstborn is what God was doing that in the story, but but still, there's a lot of biblical shit in this. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. there is. Yeah, yeah. The, he's, they're playing around with that deliberately. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I yeah. also, I, when it comes to whether or not he killed his parents, I'm like, eh, I feel like it's more of a fan theory, but it also makes me wonder what if, mm -hmm. like, 
they did go with the original plans that Max Shrek is his brother and Max Shrek's parents are still alive. Penguin's parents are still alive. And then you get this like imagine DeVito coming back to Cobblepot or Shrek Manor and it's like old Paul Rubens and old Diane Salinger mm-hmm. makeup. I think that would have been Robert. great. And yeah. like Penguin is like in the manor and this time they're like huddled in the corner next to the Christmas tree mm-hmm. and he's like, ah, it's time for me to throw you out. You know, that type of thing. It would have been a great scene, I, I think. And it would have made it... That, that makes his revenge more focused, I think, than just like, yeah, mm-hmm. fuck everybody in Gotham. <laughs> like yep. just, yeah, just yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You know? No, that would have been great. And if yeah. he sees his parents in terror and then he says, I'm sorry or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. And, yeah, but it's yeah. it's already too, but he's already too far gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It, that would have been a very powerful oh, scene, man. actually. Yeah. Now that just makes me want to like see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, Logan, right? Like to see put it together. to see Tucker and Esther and just total terror, like yeah, what exactly. evil hath we wrought, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been. And he's like going through the house and remembering, like, oh, I can mm-hmm. actually, like, I can actually feel this as opposed to just seeing it through the bars of a fucking like mm-hmm. cage that you put me in, like that type of stuff. Right. Like I was. Like his reaction to his abuse and his reaction to his being thrown away was evil, but this is what makes him a villain. He went too far in retaliation, just way too far, and how mm-hmm. he handled, how he mm-hmm. handled his privilege or whatever the fuck, however you'd write it. But yeah, that yeah, man, that would have been solid as hell. Oh man! Mm-hmm. All right, well, yeah. Logan, let's get that collage anyway. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, I want to talk a little bit on the influence of DeVito's Penguin. Uh, As I said, it's kind of underrated. Like, a lot of people, obviously, we can talk all day about the influence of Heath's Joker on the public reception and stuff. Penguin is a little different, but you can definitely see influence on the Mm -hmm. later versions. So, uh, one of those was, of course, on Batman the Animated Series. Bruce Timm had to go on set of Batman Returns and draw Danny DeVito because the studio said, make Penguin resemble the movie version, which is why he looks so similar. Uh, I am pulling up the concept art, surprise mm-hmm. concept art of B-Taz here, uh, mm-hmm. of what Tim drew on the set, where it still kind of looks like the traditional Penguin, honestly, um, compared to what uh, he looked like in the animated series or DeVito. This uh, is from the uh, Batman movie. animated book, right, Ben? By yep. Chip Kidd? Mm-hmm. I always yeah. looked at this and read that same thing and wondered, did they put the actual sketch up there? Or is this just like <laughs> yeah, another random looks... sketch that he did? Yeah, this kind of just looks very traditional. Like, it doesn't look very DeVito-like at all compared to the one mm-hmm. in the series. So I'm pulling up the one from the series, which is like, you, you can tell, like, the they've got the same, like, tie as the DeVito mm-hmm. version. Mm-hmm. You've got the, like, the exaggerated beak nose is there and that tough. He, he basically, the BTS version looks like DeVito on the promo posters. For this yeah, and he's got flippers yeah. too he's got little flipper oh, yeah. hands too. yeah yeah uh and then they when they redesigned the characters when they went to um when they went to uh, kids wb and stuff they reverted to the penguin they had wanted to do which was more traditional looking more like the silver age burgess meredith type version mm-hmm. right so, i i kind of like the other one more i mean they're yeah. both good but they're i don't both, know i like i like takes, yeah he looks just more it's like a sewer mutant in the, <laughs> oh, the, in the, the earlier version. He just, look, I yeah. mean, Burgess Meredith is cool, but I like that they did their own sort of their own yeah. thing with the uh, the other one. I do like the evolution though, where he's like they get to kind of do both takes, where they get to do a Devito type, like um, physically, you know, f- 
physically physically while also kind of being like a thief from the silver age and then when they do this revamp they get to do the modern age version of penguin who's you know doing the iceberg lounge and i'm like i'm a respectable member of society type of thing mm-hmm. and, and they get to do kind of do both and so it shows you get plastic surgery the character yeah went to jenny craig or something uh on this part but yeah <laughs> jenny craig <laughs> so he's uh, on keto this, this is not the only version that's been inspired by uh, the DeVito version. We also get a very DeVito-looking version mm-hmm. in the Tim Sale art for uh, The Long Halloween, but more so in Dark Victory, where the character shows up more, as well as uh, Haunted Night. So uh, he's got the sharp teeth uh, that DeVito's got in it, as well as kind of the just a similar look overall with that. So I wanted to include that here. Uh, we also cool. got the penguin, the penguin from the Batman, not the Colin Farrell version from the upcoming Batman movie, but the animated mm-hmm. version of <laughs> the Batman, voiced by Tom Kenny, where this version also <laughs> appears to have sharp teeth and webbed hands, and mm-hmm. it also was the next take to say that Oswald came from a wealthy family. Mm-hmm. So that's the next carryover of that. Um, after that is the famous Penguin comic, regard widely regarded as one of the best Penguin stories, and that's Penguin Pain and Prejudice. Yep written by greg herwitz oh okay Uh, i'll read i want to read this this sounds cool yeah i've got that one it's really it's uh like the first issue alone it's it it plays around with the same idea that penguin was abused and outcast as a child it doesn't do the full-on like they dumped him into the sewer on christmas Mm -hmm. type of thing but it's it's along similar lines at least just kind of slightly more realistic but and then he uh, started strapping rockets to random penguins. <laughs> he does do something similar, though, actually, in the comic. Yeah, oh, does yep. he really? <laughs> yeah. Wow, I called it. it That's crazy. Yeah. So this is like the Man yeah. of Steel, Lex Luthor kind of thing for yeah. Penguin. That's a great I analogy, actually. Yeah, yeah. Even, even more okay. so than like the killing joke of Penguin. This is like the, the Lex Luthor, Man of Steel, Azarello type thing for I Penguin, see. where it's, it's all from his perspective. It goes a little bit more into the origin uh, but yeah, it does present that his his parents, and it says that his father's name is Tucker Cobblepot. So mm-hmm. that carries over nice, the name nice, from Batman nice. Returns into the comics. And I was actually at uh, the first LA Comic Con where Greg Hurwitz was at and said that this was like one of the few things that he got to carry over from Batman Returns. It was a very deliberate reference on hmm. that. So um, I think it's because of this that this starts to become even more of a thing in the comics where suddenly Penguin comes from a wealthy family, the Cobblepot family. This is in Penguin, Pain, and Prejudice. This is in the Batman animated series. Let's play with that more. So they start doing that in the Telltale games, which also uses the same names of Tucker and Esther Cobblepot. You know, suddenly now, like, those names are his parents' names in canon. Mm-hmm. And then it's mm-hmm. gotten to the point where um, the Cobblepots are now, or were established in canon at some point as being one of the five families, rich families of Gotham. In the gates of Gotham, mm-hmm. suddenly, like there's a whole family lineage of cobblepots throughout uh, Gotham and stuff, and that's all because they decided, hey, what if Penguin came from wealth as a parallel to Bruce Wayne in Batman Returns? So yeah. that's another influence of that. Uh, another aspect is Penguin running for mayor. Uh, mm-hmm. So this did mm. start off as a two-parter in the '60s show, actually, mm-hmm. where Burgess Meredith's Penguin tried to run for mayor, but you know, we didn't really see much of them trying to do the same plot later on until post-Batman Returns, suddenly this is a big thing. So in the Batman Adventures tie-in comic, suddenly we got uh, Penguin running for mayor. Then in Batman Earth 1, we got Penguin already being the mayor. And then even in the Gotham TV show, uh, Oswald runs for mayor. 
to uh, make <laughs> Gotham safe again, it says here. Oh, Lord. So, oh, my God. I didn't know they did that. <laughs> on the note on Gotham, uh, Gotham had different names for Penguin's parents, but it did have one major carryover, which is that Paul Rubens yep. got to return as the father of Penguin. Oh, yeah, I and knew this part, yeah. This is fascinating because his Tucker Cobblepot doesn't have any lines, but he's obviously shown to be a cruel, uncaring, abusive asshole by just dumping his baby mm-hmm. into the sewers. And then when Rubens comes back to play the Penguin's father, he plays the complete opposite. They yeah. give him the opposite role, where he plays a rich guy named Elijah Van Dahl, um, because Oswald was born out of wedlock, so uh, <clears throat> it's just his mom who has the Cobblepot or mm-hmm. Cobblepot. Uh, name and so when he realizes Oswald is his son, he's actually extremely caring and one of like the few genuinely good and innocent characters in the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and it prevents Oswald for a time from going back to crime until, of course, he's he's murdered and, and Oswald <laughs> takes his revenge and becomes mm-hmm. a penguin again. But um, I thought this was fascinating as a contrast because they could have just done the same thing, but they really went the complete opposite. Yeah, and Rubens gets to. Uh, Rubens arguably looks even better as the father to Robin Lord Taylor's penguin than he does as mm-hmm. Danny DeVito's because there's even more of a resemblance there. So it's just amazing mm-hmm. how well this worked uh, in Gotham. That's cool. Um, DeVito's penguin was also seen recently because he had a cameo in Space Jam, a new legacy. Yep. Shit you know. <laughs> oh my God. This has got to be CG, right? They didn't nope. show up to set with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is another, I'm sure, just like an extra in Cobblepot makeup. Yeah. If it's oh, not CG, yeah. it's an extra, yeah. It's, it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> his, Fucking his chin space jam, dude. His chin yeah. is shoved into his shirt. <laughs> yeah, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Because I know they had like a couple Jokers and Mr. Freeze and stuff I've seen too. Yeah. The Arnold Mr. Freeze. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Um not necessarily in a good way, but it's amazing that they were able to fit those characters in. Yeah. I mean, it is Space Jam 2, so like, <laughs> what do we expect, I guess? Yeah. Is this supposed to be Zod over here? I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Lady. Uh, this looks like Agent Smith, and then like we got Men in Black Morpheus. or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Morpheus I guess so. Here. Oh, yeah, I see Mr. Freeze behind his head, Don Cheadle's yeah, Mr. Freeze is behind oh, yeah. Don Cheadle here. Yeah, so there's that a lot looks ridiculous. <laughs> Moving on. So, as Zach mentioned, Danny DeVito recently wrote a story for the Gotham Villains Anniversary Special mm-hmm. that feels like a spiritual sequel to Batman Returns, in which Penguin and Catwoman—whoops, Penguin and Catwoman—become a couple and yeah. end up saving the world. <laughs> DeVito's by... like, I got a great idea. <laughs> Apparently, he reached out to Michelle Pfeiffer, being like, "Do I have your blessing to make our characters oh, a couple nice. in the comic?" And she was like, "Yeah, go ahead." Yeah, it's um, a fucking comic. I don't give a shit. Why are you yeah. calling me? That's, what, that's probably what she said. So it it's, plays out like Penguin's fantasy of yeah. like, what if I got together with Catwoman type of thing? It doesn't seem to necessarily be the Batman Returns specific version of the characters, though obviously that's what DeVito is most associated with. But mm-hmm. uh, he and Penguin and Catwoman basically save the world from COVID in it's this true. comic. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, Wow. And uh, yes, because they forcibly vaccinate the entire population of the world. Well, it's the most <laughs> pro-vax uh, comic it ever. Sure is. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So this is fascinating because it's like, it, it, and it never reveals at the end. It's not like Penguin wakes up and is actually like a piece of shit. That's what I like, thought it would have been too. Yeah, like it does. It just ends with Penguin uh, being happy with Catwoman. And I'm just like, okay, but I interpret this to be like, 
Penguin's ultimate fantasy is that yeah. if I just had the love of a woman, I would be good type of thing, even mm-hmm. though we know it's not, you know, there's a lot of other stuff that's at play, but it, it plays around the tradition, I think, of like, if Penguin receives any form of love from another human being, it makes him less evil in a way, or makes him want to be less evil, even though he still has that side deep within, but it makes him not want to do crime or act out and stuff. So uh, I think one of the best versions of that is... Um, if you've read the Joker's Asylum version of the Penguin, uh, I don't know if you have you read that, Zach. It it's, sounds uh, familiar. I'm not as big of a fan of that whole series, but I just barely remember it. The Penguin one in spe- is specifically where our Penguin falls in love, and uh, Penguin's talking to somebody off screen about like how much he's in love with her as like thugs are getting thrown anywhere. And it's revealed at the end of the scene. He's talking to Batman. <laughs> he's talking to Batman about how much like he's in love and, <laughs> and like, and uh, he's finally found his person and, Bat- and Batman's pretty much like, see you next week <laughs> as he, as he leaves. So like it, it's, it, it's really interesting to me that there's this element where he's like, I could turn good, you know? Zach, I would yeah. like you to uh, read the line uh, that starts with "They'd burst as the pain." <laughs> oh Lord! Okay, they'd burst at the seams. Oh, puss of my dreams! <laughs> if they only knew, our love is so true. Wah, wah, wah. Thank you, oh, Zach. Man. <laughs> puss of my dreams. Him, go, I remember a kid ask him early in the comic, like. Did you eat something pepperminty? He's like, it's mouthwash. And I just thought in my head, is like, did Danny DeVito really, really remember that the penguin eats fish all the time and Maybe. his mouth's kind of nasty? But I actually didn't think about it till just now. The goop in his mouth was uh, mas- mouthwash with red and green food coloring is what V. Neal Ooh. said. So I wonder if that's a callback oh, really? to that. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Just, yeah. yeah. Could have been, huh. could have been. Well, so this comic is not a not of a knock out of the park. It's it's just it's okay. Or I need the review of this this issue here. The Danny DeVito, it's opus. I like that it exists, but it was strange. It yeah. took it was a little. I'm gonna say it was a little hard to follow in places. I don't know if it's <laughs> okay. the, the the dialogue and text and everything. Like it's a cool idea, but. Mm-hmm. I was just a little confused at like parts of it, but overall, like it's a fun little. If you think about it as like his fantasy, it is kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's one of those where I'm just like, you kind of have to get it because it's Danny DeVito writing a Penguin comic. Like, yeah, but yeah. like, okay. if his name wasn't on it, then we probably wouldn't be as like hyped up about it. You know, if it was no. just a random comic writer writing this, we'd be like, well, that was kind of weird. Yeah, we pretty much. Stuff. But you kind of. <laughs> Okay. You kind of excuse it because I'm like Devito isn't exactly like somebody who writes comics every month, you know. So <laughs> yeah, you yeah, kind of understand that that's not going to happen. I kind of wish yeah. that the artist had also drawn Catwoman and her like returns outfit. Yeah, because Penguin throughout it does look very much like Danny Devito's Penguin, like his, <clears throat> you know, the way he's drawn. I think part of that is it's. I imagine it's kind of a nightmare to draw the Pfeiffer version of Catwoman in every panel with all yeah. the stitches. Yeah, they could have done it. it. Is, yeah. They did it in the they did it in the uh, comic book adaptation. Oh yeah, the two that two. But yeah, they could do it. Oh, well. Come on, yeah. I know, but I'm just saying maybe that's <laughs> why they decide not to do it, even though they should. But yeah, that's why we got what we got. But anyway, it's what was the name of that? Uh, real quick, what was the name of that good Penguin run? 
the pain uh, and prejudice. Pain Pain and prejudice. prejudice. Okay, got it. As opposed to pride and prejudice. Ah. Got it. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm, also mm -hmm. the Joker's Asylum issue of Penguin, uh, I like a lot. Not not all the Joker Asylum uh, issues are, you know, knock it out of the park, but the Penguin one specifically is pretty good, I'd say. Um, So, yeah, those would be the ones that I recommend. Uh, DeVito is on record for wanting to come back to the role of the Penguin. So if we had a question of like whether or not he actually did die of overheating, because he definitely didn't just die from falling into water, <laughs> then like maybe he's actually still alive, though yeah. you know, obviously he was intended to, to die. <laughs> it's pretty clear for the Paul Bearer stuff, but who knows these days. We've got, you know, nobody thought we would get uh, Willem Dafoe and uh, Alfred, Alfred Molina, Molina back yeah. <laughs> as uh, Green Goblin and Doc Ock after, you know, they supposedly died in Spider-Man 1 and 2. So... Um, we'll see. He's also approved the next Penguin, Colin Farrell, whom he worked mm. with on Tim Burton's Dumbo. So uh, that's kind of funny that's that they've worked right. together. <laughs> uh, and I'm on record for bringing this up, but if they ever do bring DeVito back, I'd love it if they do a short adaptation of the story I Know by Brian Michael Bendis from Detective Comics number 1000, art by Malik- Alex Maleev, in which an old Penguin confronts an old Bruce Wayne and brings mm-hmm. up that he figured out that he's Batman. I remember and, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you could totally see DeVito here with Keaton in the chair over here. And <laughs> uh, the younger Penguin even looks like DeVito, mm-hmm. as we can see here. So it would really work. And Brian Michael Bendis himself has liked our tweets campaigning for this. So, like, That's why cool. not? Uh, does it fit with the continuity of Batman Returns? Not at all. But uh, it would be great still. So uh, mm-hmm. this is what I like on it. So anyway, that is our dive into DeVito's Penguin is there anything uh, that you guys thought in terms of surprising information, uh, things that, uh, any favorite tidbits, starting with uh, Oswald Cobblepoot? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've I just had a lot of fun talking about this version of the Penguin in general. And mm-hmm. um, I definitely like, I would have liked the idea of him using birds to attack people more, but it's it's mm-hmm. hard to think about that in the universe of Returns now because it's like, he just uses penguins. So I don't know. That's that's kind of like fun to hear about that that would have been possibly his MO in the original Daniel Waters script. But um, yeah, I think what we got the best version of him, to be honest, because uh, yeah. he didn't sound that interesting to me in the 1982 Batman script. And I feel like this is like in Returns, he is the main villain. And I don't know, like I said, he is intimidating and he's scary while also being somewhat sympathetic. And, uh, you know, that's again, like Andrew, this is a penguin I grew up with. So whenever, Mm -hmm. like I think about some of my favorite Batman villains, he is a classic Batman villain. And he always like holds this top tier place in my heart, even though like nowadays people are probably just like, eh, fuck penguin. He's just like, some little short dude uh, in a (laughs) suit, like what's so cool about him? You know, they just Mm -hmm. don't have the same respect for the character, the same like experience with him. So Mm. yeah, um, I think that's how I feel about it. So I, after hearing everything, it's really cool. I, uh, I still think we've got the best version of him overall. Uh, I still would have liked to have seen him and Bruce, uh, him and Batman fighting on a roller coaster at the end of Batman Returns. (laughs) That would have been pretty uh, sweet. (laughs) Just not the killing joke part at the end where they start no. laughing with each other. That's no, that's weird. that's dumb, but I like them fighting on a roller coaster for sure. Yeah. Then he that's can fall into dumb. the glass and the water and everything like that, you know? 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Splash. Oh, man. <laughs> Just for five minutes. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. That would have been good. Andrew, any uh, favorite tidbits? Uh, I don't know about... I mean, I liked us going over like our making like our script whenever he says that I'm sorry to Paul Rubens or whoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the scene that could have been. Yeah. And that was my favorite moment of this whole deal. But also, like, Penguin's one of those, like, it's just like a guy that looks like a penguin that's, I think at first it's just like, his look's not super cool. And it's just a guy with a long nose and some fucking umbrellas, you know? Like, it's just not, on the surface, <laughs> not cool. But I think there there is, like, a... Going through this episode now, I kind of feel like, I don't know, I have a greater appreciation for this for this villain now. I mean, we've, saw, we've seen him kind of come mm-hmm. up the gangster ranks in Gotham um, mm-hmm. a little bit. So, I mean, that part is, has always been kind of cool, too. But, yeah, I, I guess it's just... Um, on a thematic level, it's like this is how a guy it's maybe even too general, but a guy the way Bruce deals with pain and the way Penguin deals with pain mm-hmm. uh and vengeance, it's just two different paths, right? Yeah. And deals Ooh. with privilege maybe also, you know? I don't know. So Yeah, yeah, especially the more um, like wealthy yeah. versions of Penguin. Mm-hmm. Definitely like yeah. you know, he's he's like what Bruce could be if Bruce wasn't the, you know, philanthropist type of stuff that we talked about in mm-hmm. that other episode about how Bruce Wayne helps Gotham, you know? Like, what if he's the, you know, the billionaire that keeps all the stuff to himself type of stuff that people mm-hmm. characterize most people to be? Right. Yeah. So we have, like, most this, people, obviously, full-on full, full on evil version of, of that type of billionaire or millionaire or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I have a great appreciation for this character. There's something about any big character, there's something that strikes the collective unconscious if you believe in that kind of thing like there's just there's a reason why certain things just catch on and become big so um that and there's a reason for penguin you know for that happen happening with penguin so and i'm super excited for colin farrell's so yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. let's do it yeah who we now have found out that he is doing his own hbo max series so we'll see yeah they must like him comes out yep so uh, just in time for the 80th anniversary, I noticed, in terms of when they announced that. So, mm-hmm. a very interesting strategy there. But uh, before we see that, I think, uh, you know, DeVito has been, you know, it's our he's our favorite mm-hmm. uh, out, of the, out of the Penguins, though. I mean, yeah. he's definitely, there hasn't really been a bad one either, in my opinion, in terms of the live action versions. Uh, he gets, I think the hardcore fans give the DeVito version a bad rap for being, like, too much of a mutant, too deformed and too monstrous. But I think... There's the heart of the character that's still there, which yeah. is that he's, you know, a, he sees himself or society sees him as a freak and an outcast, and he just wants to be a respectful, you know, respected member of society, but he's just not able to do so because he's just, he's too far in, as Andrew brought up, he's too far in his mm-hmm. own immorality of, of acting out, of, of having an ego that he, that he can't let people slight mm-hmm. him and that type of stuff, and, and he just doesn't know how else to do or handle that outside of, you know, hurting other people. Um, so I, I think that heart is still there. And in terms of MO, I just want to end this uh, by saying that Penguin in Batman Returns uh, has a lot of other things that tie into the comics that nobody really brings up except for our friends at Batman Online, which is that Penguin in the comics also uses an oversized Christmas present to commit crime, <laughs> like in Batman number 17, and also eats raw fish, like in Batman 257, <laughs> and also 
frames Batman, like in Detective Comics 58, and also flat out uses penguins carrying explosives, <laughs> like in Batman 38. My, my favorite. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> there's not some goddamn rocket launchers on some goddamn penguins. I'm going to be upset. <laughs> and we've got we've got uh, Batman and Robin being all like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> as they're running towards these uh, penguins, with, <laughs> looks like dynamite strapped to them. Great but. Scott, dynamite! Run for your Anyways, lives! Big thanks to our friends at Batman Online who provided the comparisons on these, and that is super villain stuff you should know. So, uh, moving on to the fan comments, or do we? Because first. We have a post-credit. Oh, yes, we're just going to continue this. Oh, oh man, that's like now a... they're going to expect it now. <laughs> so, like a good post-credit scene, I decided let's tease something for the future. Let's go. Let's recap a few past comments. One from Wyatt McGee: Are you ever going to talk about the 2002 Batman vs Superman script? One from Ricky St. Quentin: Will you do an episode about the 2002 Batman vs Superman script? That script I like, and I reckon it would have made a pretty awesome film. It still would, I reckon. Would you do an episode about it? I reckon. Guillermo Prano says, Can you guys do an episode with Andrew Kevin Walker talking about his original draft for Batman vs. Superman? Well, all I can say is, come back next week. <laughs> that's a post-credit bit. So. Wow. Nice. Now, we will return in yes. the next episode next week. <laughs> yes. Funny, something that started out as a mistake has now become a new routine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how these things happen, man. Yep. You mean to read uh, these as jokester? Sure. Oh yeah. So, our first. I'm gonna. We're gonna start adding a campfire. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Fireplace. Joker's yeah. Joker by the fire. I yes. love it. Joker yeah, yeah. doesn't wear out my voice like the penguin one does. That was hard. <clears throat> okay. Good. 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 Go ahead, Mr. Joker. <clears throat> Mr. J. Ah, from Jared Presley. Jared writes, I remember getting the movie adaptation comic as a kid. Something that wasn't covered here in the episode that always intrigued me was a blatant McDonald's reference in the scripted comic. <laughs> Penguin asks, when the monkey arrives, if the children went to McDonald's. He gets the note. He says it doesn't make sense to shoot the messenger, then shoots the clown. I don't like the sound of that. I doubt they filmed it. <laughs> Definitely glad they didn't mention McDonald's in the movie. LOL. <laughs> I remember that, actually. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to pull it up right now. So here we ah. go. We're looking at the comic adaptation. Oh, shit. Where he says, don't tell me they stopped at McDonald's to the monkey. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. I, I can see why McDonald's, you know, McDonald's was notoriously anti-Batman Returns. Mm -hmm. So I can see right. why that was cut. Uh, right, right, I don't right. know if that was if they knew beforehand that that was going to be in there, but I can see why that was cut. Hmm. Uh, then he reads the note, and then he says to the monkey, "You're the messenger," and then he shoots the clown, <laughs> saying it doesn't ah. make sense to shoot the messenger. <laughs> <laughs> so, see, he's sympathetic, villain. He won't kill the animal. That's right. He, he does love rockets. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, thank you, Jared, for that, and uh, it allowed thank us you. to have another post-credit scene of uh, new tidbits to go over. Yeah. So Whatever happened to that monkey? Guys... Yeah. <laughs> he, He's dead He went now. off to work for someone else. Well, I know <laughs> that, Andrew. I'm talking about <laughs> the fictional monkey in the film. I know <laughs> they don't live that long. I just want to know, what happened to that monkey? Like, what about, Did he have a, have a conversation about too? how long monkeys live later, Zach? <laughs> 
We'll do Is he retired now in a monkey retirement home? (laughs) (laughs) He became Beppo. Does he have Medicaid? (laughs) What was that, Andrew? Does he have Medicaid or Medicare? That monkey? Did he he have monkey Medicaid or monkey Medicare? (laughs) Monkey cage. Oh, no. No, we'll do man. a deep dive at some point on that monkey. I can't wait. Yeah. We're gonna, we're, <laughs> Thumbnail we're up there of the fucking monkey from Batman Returns. <laughs> Whatever happened to this monkey in Big Test? <laughs> we're really scrapping the bottom of the barrel. Oh, yeah. we got to get more Batman Returns content. content. <laughs> well, his real name was Charles Aloysius Montgomery III. And he... <laughs> Chipped he in the third. several roles of the silver screen, one of them being Batman Returns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I want to look Ooh. that up in terms of who, <laughs> what the name of the monkey was. But anyway, on to the next fan comment as I look that up. <sighs> More from Uncle Joker. And this is shit. a comment from my episode, isn't it? The first episode. The first Zach episode was on, I was ever Batman. on. Yes, Batman in the time of coronavirus-like pandemics, Batman uh, Legacy. Continues. I'll be damned. <clears throat> Little Braxton Wages writes, Love this shit. That's some <laughs> naughty language, Braxton. So glad you brought up the Batman, Bane, one-shot, being the primary influence on The Dark Knight Rises. No one ever brings that up. Yep. And I'm surprised, too. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's because it's a more obscure comic. Mm-hmm. That's why. So uh, that's probably why that comes up. But yeah, thank you, Braxton. I know you've left a lot of comments on that one, so I wanted to include uh, not on that one, but just in general. So I wanted to include one of yours in the show. So thank you. Thank you. And yeah. then, yeah. all right, on to the next one. Little Derek Stewart, eighteen hours ago, <laughs> writes, "I love this podcast. You guys are freaking awesome, and I thank." The big G-O-D that you guys are doing this. <laughs> Hell yes! Wow. Thank you, Derek. I like it. <laughs> so I just looked up the uh, the monkey, and the only thing I can find <laughs> is that the monkey... What did you find, The monkey, now? he... <laughs> It's so DeVito writes, I walk over in the penguin suit, the monkey looked at me, froze, and yeah. then leapt right at my balls. <laughs> I've seen that too. <laughs> oh, think he had all man. that padding on. Yeah. He says, Thank God it was a padded costume. We took off the suit and there was a huge chunk taken out of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh. That's hilarious. I guess it's Move, Ball yeah, nibbler. Moving on to, uh, moving on to the uh, shout-outs. Over to you, Andrew. All right, so thank you for those comments, and uh, thank you to our p- ever-growing Patreon. So we got, of course, Shasta, Leom O, Super Inframan, Douglas P, Dan D, Aaron Willett, Nick Noir, Jeffrey R, Scott V, Askers Webb, Jeremy H, Alex of the What Mean Podcast, Ian Justice, Jared P, Paul C, Jamie H, Rochelle L, Tara M, Matthew B, Skyler, TD, Jonathan, and Sketchcraft. Did I miss Jeffrey R? I think I missed Jeffrey R. Sorry about that. And uh, also want to check, uh, uh, I want to thank Sparkageddon, 
SCCT Productions, Robert Schumann, Cookie Noms, Matt Herring, Elijah B, Shamrock Balls, Ian H, Walter the Wobot, John Wells, Rye Guy, Jackson Putnam, Tway N, Watson, Stage Bat on uh, Instagram, and Logan Wood, who helped us out several times this episode. <laughs> and he is at Shane Helms, one to one. And we want to lead you on down to the Shasta Army. Yes, indeed. That's patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod. And the $1 tier gets you the shout out. And the $5 tier gets you a whole other show, everybody. So please check it out. Um, it, it's a show that's uh, every Friday, that, uh, and that's the $5 tier. Cancel anytime. $10 tier gets you a monthly meetup. Meet up with us monthly, online, virtually, and uh, we'll have a lot of fun together. <laughs> being, <laughs> That's being what some they think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have fun. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, so yeah, um, superhousepod.redbubble.com, superherostuffpod.threadless.com. Get your bed pan and indeed wizard mugs. Shirts and shower curtains, and that's it. At this point, I'll be shocked as shit when it actually shows up. There'll be like a different picture there. <laughs> artwork, artwork by Stefan Santa Cruz on those. Uh, please send us some audio for the love of fucking evil Moses. We can only uh, go so far with Ghostface and Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, <laughs> these fake voices. Hell, even type something up original that you do on TikTok, and then send and do that voice, and then send us that. It's at least a little something. Yeah. And send that to superhousepodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, and then I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram. Actually, I changed it. I'm gonna be having an, another Instagram name soon, but right now I'm I'm Super Caveman 1984. Yeah, I didn't know who the uh, hell that Instagram. was for the first time I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, who's this guy? This is a. <clears throat> Thunderwolf Drew is going to be just more curated stuff for my photography uh, soon enough, but that hasn't officially launched yet, so that's why that's all happening. Um, but Thunderwolf Drew on Twitter is still Thunderwolf Lives on YouTube, and ThunderwolfDrew.com is where you can see my actual portfolio website. And uh, yeah, I'm on a recon.com. Still, things are going to be coming. That's A M A N O R E C O N. I have to shoot. We have to shoot some pickups. I'll be open with this with you guys about this. We have to shoot some pickups. It's gonna take a little bit. Filmmaking, as anybody's ever tried it knows, is hard as fuck. Takes fucking forever. Um, but you know, when we get something good, it really will be special. So anyway, uh, it's a think an R-rated and bloody version of Power Rangers and X Files. And Ash versus the Evil Dead, or something like that, and Stranger Things. You mix that all together, and then with Zach's great poster art, and you get AmanoRecon.com. It's gonna be on Indiegogo. We shot a campaign video for it, and uh, more coming from that. Ben, mm -hmm. shout out to Comic Capital on Instagram, as well as the Everything Entertainment Club on Clubhouse. You can follow us on Twitter at Superhouse Pod, Instagram at Superhero Stuff Pod. TikTok at Superhero Stuff Pod. We're on Vero on Superhero Stuff Pod as well. My website is benwanrider.com where you can read my Gotham script called Gotham Vampire where young Bruce faces off against the Mad Monk as well as my spec script for Elementary called The Death of 
have Sherlock Holmes, a modern update on the classic story, The Adventure of the Dying Detective. My YouTube channel is in the description below, where you can also check out my project, Doctor Who, The Ronin of Time, an audio drama I write, narrate, and edit, thumbnail by our assistant Dan. Uh, big thanks to Dan as well uh, for pulling up the uh, visuals in this. Uh, and this is uh, for basically the the audio stuff is kind of one of my last forays into fan fiction type stuff. But I'll have another one coming up, which will probably be my final, final one, which is uh, just for shits and giggles, a Curb Your Enthusiasm script set in Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the combination so- of Larry David and Disneyland is going to be amazing. So, That's awesome, man. Look forward um, to that one. My personal Instagram is Ben Juan Ryder. My cat's Instagram is Alfie Pennyworth Cat. Uh, and if you also have a cat or you also have an Alfie, then you can get the Whisker Box, the only cat box for the crazy cat lady and gent. And if you don't have a cat but you have a dog, that's cool too because you can get the Bark Box, y'all. Yes, Woo! you can get the promo link Woo! it uh, basically in the description <laughs> below or over at superherostuffpod.com slash shop and you can get the first month off free valued at $35 for your special canine and you can get other stuff over at that link that's superherostuffpod.com slash shop all sorts of merchandise all sorts of affiliate links that can help us out and add to your collection over to zach now well, now that we're done with all that boring stuff excuse me <laughs> i tell you like i love that little bark after the bark box like and there's something about it that's so satisfying i'm gonna be sad if it ever disappears yeah no, it's staying. This is like a it's great staying. little little end to it. Well, if you'd like <laughs> to see more artwork from me and not just the thumbnails on here, get up off your ass and go to ZacharyJacksonBrownArt.com. You can also stay on your ass and go to it as well. You just type it in there <laughs> on, way. Your, on your phone computer. You can also mm-hmm. go uh, see me on TikTok, on Instagram, and on the YouTubes. It's all Zachary Jackson Brown Art. Right now, I'm doing Spider-Man stuff, so uh, nice. by the time this episode comes out, I'll probably be done with the Venom I'm working on, so, you know, check it out. What, what are you waiting on? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. And once again, thanks to our research assistant, Dan, for gathering the visuals for this YouTube experience. Woo! As if I didn't do it already. So The YouTube experience. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, that is it. Oh, uh, well, you know... We want, we would very much like for you to do us a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about us. And unlimited poontang. <laughs> burn, baby, burn. <laughs>